SteadyMD is your personal doctor online. It's telehealth done right. SteadyMD is now accepting members of all ages in all 50 states. Go to SteadyMD.com TMS and take the free quiz and see which doctor is perfect for you. This episode is brought to you by SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler than with SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. With SendPro Online, it's just click, send, and save for as low as $4.99. That's $4.99 a month. Try it for free for 30 days and get a free 10-pound scale when you visit pb.com slash TMS. That's pb.com slash TMS. Coming up on TMS, as we know, the baby was a leopard. Looking at the wrong Hepburn. Rocking back and forth, singing Villy Manilli. No, I did that wrong. Singing Millie Vanilli. (laughs) I don't like sweets. Thick with two C's. All my slots are full. On this week's episode of Making Fudge with Van. Bill Burr Baggins. Hobo Slave One doesn't do it for me. My favorite flavor is baking soda. The chicken was a Mel Gibson. Cat one of 13. The iguana isn't a health issue. It's a topping. And the weirdo in the corner doing coke. Therapy Thursday and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. At the end, I don't wear a mask for the same reason I don't wear underwear. Things gotta breathe. The Morning Stream. The Morning Stream, VoiceOver Man, Excelsior. What's my power, Brian? Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to The Morning Stream. It is Thursday, June 25th, 2020. This ends our podcast week for TMS. However, there will be a play date tomorrow. So don't you worry your little hearts. We're going to have some fun. And uh, do some stuff there. But we got a full show for you today. Brian Ibbett right over there. What are you doing? How's hi. it going? Oh, hi. Oh, hi. What oh. is, uh, uh, what did he say, uh, uh, Excelsior Man? He said, uh, ex- he just said, Excelsior, Brian, what's my power? Oh, voiceover man is what he said. So. Voice, the voiceover man, that's right. What's yeah. my power, Excelsior? Do we ever- uh, ability to open a podcast program without actually con- being in contact with us for months. Hope you're okay, Scott Fletcher. Excelsior. <laughs> We only get we get an occasional well they don't call them pokes anymore but you get an occasional thing on Facebook where it's like oh Scott Fletcher's doing great good to see mm-hmm. Scott Fletcher yeah but yeah he's yeah. a you know he's a private we guy miss we miss him he's yeah. a private guy he's a good guy private guy all right hey uh, guy. what's his power oh I don't even <laughs> want to know hey we got a show to do uh, let's do one excited to be here and uh, do stuff hey uh, so a lot of times we just bring up things and then they get responses uh, from from listeners. For example, Star Wars Lego stuff uh, was a Jeez. was a big reply uh, topic. Talked about that with uh, Bill with Punish Props. Yeah, on Tuesday, and so tons of emails about this. I pulled one of these out. This uh, this one says Star Wars Lego Swede is the subject line or the nickname. Um, the message is this: Hi Scott and Brian, I just listened to you talk about Star Wars Lego with Bill. He said he didn't say it that way, <laughs> but he said Bill. Are you sure he did? Because it looks like you said it that way. He may, he may have. Uh, he says, I grew up with that stuff. I was born in 1992. But it, uh, sorry, I didn't remember it being so many custom-made parts. So I Googled some images and sure thing, whole bunches of special bricks and stuff. But none of the ships looked like mine did. I know I had the X-Wing and the Y-Wing and the Slave One, for example. Uh, but the but, but once I, uh, oh, but the ones I had didn't look so good. He wrote, wrote once. That's 
incorrect. Anyway. Oh, yeah. well, he's, he's a, Swedish. Come on. Yeah, the Swedes always put once in when they mean once. Jeez. Um, Scandinavian shaming right here. Yeah, Scanda shaming, right? Scanda shaming. I was trying. I was trying to come up with a, a portmanteau, but I could not. Shame, shamed Navian. I was trying to come up with a poor man's toe. There you I go. Was poor man's toe. Poor man's oh, toe. you don't want a poor man's toe. Trust me. Anyway, says uh, turns out Lego did multiple different sets of the Slave One, and if you Google Star Wars Lego seventy one forty four, you will see a Slave One ship that made nothing but normal, uh, made of nothing but normal Lego bricks. Probably way cheaper than uh, uh, way cheaper, and that's why I got them. He he, love the show. Cheers from Sweden. So <laughs> he makes a good point. Uh, there are like. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be a lot of pre-made parts, and then sometimes mm-hmm. here's a bunch of bricks. Good luck. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So well, that was the thing, right? I mean, it was it was the purists. It was the the age of the Lego. No, we have right. these eleven types of brick. Yep. And these seven colors. You have to make everything you want out of that. And good, yeah, um, good luck to you. Godspeed. And here's the funniest thing: when you do a search for Star Wars Lego seventy one forty four, the first thing, at least the first thing that comes up for me, yeah. is a YouTube video that says the ugliest Lego Star Wars set. Oh, really? Is it yeah. considered a, an eyesore? Let's take a look at this then, because now I want to know. It is. Uh, I mean, it's it's eight bit versus today's sixteen bit Lego products. Okay, <laughs> let's see. Um, oh yeah, this is not well thought of. Lego. Not well regarded, yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. I mean, it looks. I mean, it's it's, it's fine. It looks. Oh, it's it fine. Is, it is back pretty in, bad. It, yeah, I mean, back in the day, that's all we wanted, right? Yeah. Actually, back in the day, this did come out in two thousand, so it's only twenty years old. Yeah. It's not like this. Like came out a week after the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> this is. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. This is. It's pretty ugly. Yeah, that's yeah. not. Uh, it's just simple. It's, it's a little, just uh, it's, a little on the boxy side. Yeah. It's like a uh, low res. It's like an Oldsmobile '98 compared to a nice uh, Corvette. Yeah, just a little low resolution is all. Mm-hmm. That new one you can get, that three hundred dollars slave one, is something else, man. That thing is yeah amazing. But you're paying three hundred dollars is the thing. That's so, a really good point. There's your there's your trade off. You want it to look smooth and convincing like a slave one, or mm-hmm. you can have it look uh, boxy and janky like. Um, Empire Strikes Back on the Atari made by Activision. That all, yes, this all tracks. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, we appreciate the feedback on that. We also got one from somebody named Squatch. I wonder Squatch. if he's Squatch. We've discovered him. Yeah, we've discovered. Look at that. His, his, all we we've saw his footprints. Squatch, and he has email access. That's, so that's right. Good. That's good to know. We got good Wi-Fi out there in the uh, Pacific Northwest woods. Here he says this. Listening to you guys talk about or with Bill about Lego and Scott mentioned that Star Wars ships come pretty much built and you just put them together. There are beginner sets that are like that, but the regular ones, you have to piece it together one small piece at a time. I recently did the Y-Wing, and there's nothing pre-assembled about it. You could get the Snowspeeder, put them together in a very zen-like way. Love the show. So, confirming what the other guy's saying. It's basically just like, you know, you can get different. There's different things you can get. All right. (laughs) Different flavors of Legos you can get. You dump them. uh, Bring me up, Bill. Oh yeah. Um, I'm a little. Uh, I don't want to say I'm worried about him. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, maybe a little bit worried about him because I mean, here's a guy who, pre-pandemic, yeah, was creating these amazing replicas and resin guns and armor and foam this and that and all this cool stuff. Yeah. And it's I, I'm feeling like he's. Uh, curled up on the floor in a fetal position, rocking back and forth, playing Minecraft and building <laughs> Legos right now. <laughs> yeah, like actually, if you go look at his his Twitter account, he finally put some pictures up of uh, 
of what he's recreating his his uh, his his place that he <laughs> his works shop. his shop in the Minecraft. Shop that I don't think he's been to in months. Yeah, the shop he can't actually <laughs> that he's not using to build anything. <laughs> he's making a fake version of it in Minecraft, and I don't know. Part of me gets it, and part of me's like, yeah. oh, is that what the? I don't want the pandemic to to push him into Minecraft land. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like it would be the equivalent of uh, for me of if we stopped doing this show, I stopped doing Coverville, and I just kind of sat on the porch uh, or in a hammock and um, recorded myself singing songs into a, uh, a handheld tape recorder oh. uh, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. I like your idea for a show. <laughs> right, guys? Let's get a me, new... Just, just me doing like, you know... Uh, yeah. Uh, blame it on the rain. <laughs> just like doing Millie Vanilli covers and rocking back and forth in my in my hammock. That's what I'd be doing. Oh, my Millie Vanilli. Why did that come to your mind? Why is that the one you chose? Because because it is what I think of when I think of the most unnecessary <laughs> unnecessary band. Oh man, they were pretty unnecessary. There's they no were kind of unnecessary. That. Like to to cover a Millie Vanilli song, it's just like, all right, I'm gonna create a replacement for white bread. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. <laughs> you know, kind of. We didn't. We had wheat. We didn't need white bread, but it's fine. It's 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 okay that it exists. We certainly don't need a replacement for it. No, uh, no. Also, you said bringing up Bill. That's a great name for a show that Bill would do. Bringing up. It's a Bill. great name for a um, for a movie uh, starring. Um, uh, let's see. It would star Elizabeth Taylor uh, and a monkey. Oh, perfect. Wait, I think the, there was the, already a movie called Bringing Up Baby that was. Was it um, Elizabeth? See, here's where Jeannie will correct me. Oh, because she knows about bringing old up movies, baby. Yeah. Bring yeah. up baby was Elizabeth Taylor. Was it a, a gor- was it a uh, chimpanzee or was couldn't it a have, couldn't have been a gorilla? No way. Not a gorilla. No, but I think like a chimpanzee or something. No, yeah. Jeannie said. Oh, Jeannie, all caps. No. Yeah, an emphatic no. Holy crap. No. What was what was baby? Oh, it was Hepburn. Was it Hepburn? It was Audrey Hepburn. Hartburn. Okay. Got it. Audrey Hartburn. Yeah. Oh, leopard. Right, baby was a leopard. As we know, <laughs> the baby Audrey was Hepburn a leopard. leopard. Okay, that makes okay. sense. That makes All sense. Right. Wasn't Audrey Hepburn famous for having a bunch of exotic animals she wasn't supposed to have? Wasn't that a thing in her personal uh, life? Was she? I don't didn't know that. She had like a baby deer or some weird oh, thing was, like that. She was our original Hollywood Tiger King, is some, what you're saying? Or something Tiger like Queen? that. Yeah, she had like, oh, let me see. Am I remembering this right? Audrey Hepburn animals. <laughs> Uh, she had <laughs> you know, a baby was a leopard. That's definitely a show title. Yeah. It's definitely a nominee for show title. It's pretty good. All right. So 21 things Hepburn, you didn't know okay. about Hepburn, uh, who would have been 85 on Sunday, May 14th or May 4th, 2014. But that was, mm. that was a while ago. Uh, she was a bit of a loner. She had very big feet. Uh, she had a pet deer. This, okay. There's the deer. Oh, she had a pet deer. Okay. Okay. Right. So maybe that's all I'm thinking of. And it's just the deer. Uh, she was fluent in five languages. She is in she is in the EGOT Club, which is oh the, look at that yeah. So that's your Emmy, your Grammy, your Oscar, and your Tony Award. Yep, she lost her uh, she lost her Oscar for a while. The actual statue got lost, but she found it. Oh, she almost Probably played Cleopatra. She was this close to Cleopatra. She could have been good too. That would have hey, been all right. Can I show you how far we've come? as a, a society and entertainment mm. with the movie poster for bringing up baby. I'm going to mm. put this in our. Uh, in our Discord chat, and you can share that with the audience. And Please I encourage do. listeners at home, Google uh, movie poster bringing up baby. Mm. I'm looking right now. Okay. Oh, yeah, look at that. Okay. And so. aside from the 
the uh, beautiful black and white portraits of Cary Grant and uh, Catherine Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got what looks like a sketch <laughs> of yeah. a leopard in a high chair. Oh, jeez, Louise! Yeah. <laughs> wow. Look at him. This looks like it looks like the mock-up of what they were trying to describe. They wanted the poster to look like. Yeah, they were doing a pitch. They just said. Yeah, let's just do that. It's like a madman, uh, madman pitch in a room somewhere. It totally is a madman pitch. It's got that like, oh, you remember those, uh, yeah, those watercolor with a Prismacolor watercolor pens. Oh, I know what you mean, though. The they ones, were pens yeah. that did the watercolor. They ran if you wanted. You, you could add yes. water, more water to them, and they would run more and that sort of stuff. I remember those. I remember not like already. I don't like watercolor because it's a chaos engine. Like watercolor yeah. just doesn't work with me. And so uh-huh. when you give me a pen and say, hey, it's watercolor in pen form, it's not It's not better. It's harder. It's not better, no. no. Oh, wow. Captain Kipper found found another movie poster, the horizontal version, mm. the landscape version of the movie poster. And it's, uh, it's like somebody was trying to do a drawing of the first drawing. Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Well, they're really into the idea of like, let's have live action face overlay, and then let's also put a weird cartoon in it. Yeah. Wow. But that was like, it's got uh, Cary Grant holding a pocket watch. The the leopard is, I don't know what the leopard's sitting on, but he's hovering in the air. The leopard is hovering in the <laughs> air. <laughs> he's got a diaper on, and for some reason he's got a tear. Oh, uh, yeah, look at that. He's got a little tear. Or is that just supposed to be, is that just a bad uh, sort of accent on the I side think that's, of the I think that's an intentional tear. That dog is broken. Totally broken. That's somebody who does not know how to draw dogs. Like, ah, we'll put a real dog in there later. Actually, everything about that art is not (laughs) pleasing. I do do like how how it looks like Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant are glaring at that artwork. Like they're staring down at that artwork. (laughs) Oh, yeah, from up top, yeah. Let me go look at this here. Yeah, (laughs) They're like, what the frick is this? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's almost as if... The classic era was weird. Uh, also, her name yeah. was not Audrey Hepburn, by the way. It was Audrey Kathleen Rustin. That's her name. And she was born. Oh, in, really? Yeah, she was born in Brussels. So they called her the Muscles from Brussels for a while. Just kidding. Yeah, that's it's not true. totally what they called her. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. not true at all. I made that up. She called herself Audrey Hepburn in 1948, and it stuck, and that's that, that was her name. Her favorite color was cyan. So she had at least one of the uh, four color process for t-shirt printing done. <laughs> her favorite. Where does this come from? Her favorite color was cyan. Is this Wikipedia? It says cyan is a shade of light blue. Her favorite color was not black, even though she was very responsible for making the LBT popular or LBD popular. What's LBD? LBD. Le- Larry's big ding dong. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> <laughs> what? The- I don't know what that is. LBD. Uh, it comes up with Louis body dementia, which I don't think is that. No, a little black dress. Okay, the LBD. Gotcha. Oh, okay. So this is. I, like, I don't want to gloss over the fact that Catherine Hepburn's favorite color was cyan, which is, it's like a color you use to make other colors. It's like saying, my mm. favorite flavor is baking soda. You're right. It's also cyan's like that color. Uh, you can call it blue, I suppose, but it's that kind of color that looks like it wants to just fall off one edge or the other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like right, it's ready right. to go. Okay. I don't know what I'm ultimately going to be, but here I am. Oh, okay, I'm going to go this way and be more blue than I was, purple or whatever. Like, it doesn't feel like a color that's set. It feels like it's yeah. not, it no, hasn't I know decided. I is a blue color. I mean, but it's not, no one says, 
No one says that. Well, well, Catherine Hepburn apparently says that she likes cyan. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's a. Just say you like light blue. What's your favorite color? You don't need to go any further than that. Like, oh, what's your favorite color? Oh, I like a. uh, I like a raw umber. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite color. Or a um, burnt sienna. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's not a fan. She also didn't says here. This is all on bustle.com, by the way. Uh, she says she didn't write, She didn't like to wear watches. Okay, so she wouldn't have been uh, hip on the the whole smartwatch scene today. It also says that she did not like the sensation of cold or weight against her skin. Mm. So if if uh, Cary Grant was both cold <laughs> and heavy, heavy, get him off, <laughs> get him off is what he would, they would say. Uh, by yeah. the way, Bagheera points out, are we talking about Audrey or Catherine right now? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. We're talking about Catherine. Or, sorry, yeah. Audrey. Audrey. We're talking about Audrey. We're talking about oh, Audrey. I'm mixing okay, them up, aren't I? Yes, Hepburn. right, because Catherine was the one in bringing up oh, baby. Oh, so. yeah. I'm looking at the wrong Hepburn. Yeah. All right. So it's Catherine Hepburn did not have a weird-ass deer pet. Audrey Hepburn did. Catherine Hepburn probably had her. That's probably her real name is Ka- is uh, Catherine, right? I, uh, I Catherine Houghton Hepburn. There you go. Yes. Well... Best of luck to everybody involved. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got a, uh, uh, oh, Robbie in Idaho wrote in, says he's a sprinkler friend. Uh, for all the people complaining about the show being too political, I would like to take a uh, take or top take a look at political Scott on Twitter and realize that there is so much restraint while Scott is doing the podcast. Love the show, though. Robbie in Idaho. And here's the sprinkler part. P.S. On the day that Scott had to get his sprinklers fixed, mine also broke and had to be repaired. Whoa, it's almost like uh, twin sons of different mothers. I want to believe. Exactly. And you know what? I have one of those handy just for this I know you whole do. thing. Yeah. I don't know why I'm not playing it. There it is. There it is. It just kind of plays there. By the way, do you ever watch? Uh, there were two shows, two episodes of the reboot of X-Files that I recommended. Mm. The only ones you need to watch that are part of the new I watched new, most uh, of it, I think. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We talked. We did talk about that. You did watch that. Never I think mind. the tail end of it, I missed. I didn't. I didn't. I kind of fell off, but I, I watched the lost the first art year. of of flop sweat. I think is what, or or the lost art of head head uh, head forehead sweat. Mm. Oh, what was it? X Files reboot episodes. Because um, it was one that was uh, talking about the Mandela effect. Okay. And, that was good. Um, You're saying that was a good one. And that was a good one. Okay. That one was called Dear The Lost Art of Forehead Sweat. Okay. Um, and that one's good. It's uh The Lost Art of Forehead Sweat. Yes. Okay. That's a weird it, name. Uh, features it features um a character that uh was always in the X Files that you never saw, Reginald <laughs> Murgatroyd. Really? Yes. Okay. And then another episode, um RMB nine S B G nine three Z X J Z. It's really the only wow. episode that's even titled remotely like that. So it's if you just have to remember that it's a bunch of jumbled characters, okay. jumbled letters. Okay. Um, this is a Black Mirror episode disguised as a as an X Files episode. Interesting. I heard uh, the Jay Z part. It made me think of the rapper. <laughs> right, because it does end with Jay Z. Yeah. <laughs> Everything ends with Jay Z. So do so. Uh, look for two those. Like if you if you liked the X Files back in the day. Yeah. And you started watching the new reboot and said, ah, this isn't for me. And you gave up on it. Don't worry. We all did. Mm. But um, two episodes that you need to go back and watch are those two right there. Okay. Lost Art of Forehead Sweat 
and R&B nine blah blah. blah I kind of like the lizard, the lizard man, um, the one with Murray in it. Oh yeah, right, right, right. From yeah. uh, from Ben Meeting. Yeah. Bad Meeting. Yeah, Murray's Reed, amazing. Reed's, I, I'll watch Brian Reese Davies or however you say his name is. Mm-hmm. I'll watch him freaking eat a donut. That guy's great. He's just great. He should be in more things. He should be in more things. One other quick recommend uh, recommendal. Yeah. Um, did you watch how much of the new Amazing Stories did you watch? None yet. None. Okay. Um, when you get to get around to watching that, there is an episode starring Robert Forster, the late great Robert Forster, who we who we think of fondly on this show and on Film Sack. And yeah, he's, he's great. Been we love that guy. Things. Yeah. Um, there's an episode uh, about uh, superheroes, comic book superheroes, starring Robert Forster that is oh, excellent. Really? Okay. And this is uh, obviously it was right before he died, but this is this would have been recent, right? Like recent. It was very recent. Yeah. I mean, this might be this easily could be the last thing he did before he passed away. Could be either this or uh, Gran Torino, the um, Breaking yeah. Bad uh, uh, follow-up. They did. Uh, he had a tiny bit in that top end of the Better Call Saul season. Four mm-hmm. or five, whatever we're at. Five, I he guess. Did. Yep. Um, but I don't know. Oh, El that... Camino, not Gran Torino. Yeah, not <laughs> I was Gran confusing Torino. it in the uh, Chris uh, Clint Eastwood, <laughs> the Chris Eastwood movie. Yeah. You know the Chris Eastwood movie, yeah. Gran Torino. Yeah, Chris Chris Eastwood, that guy. Yes, yeah, where he yells at kids, "Get off my porch!" Is yeah. what he says. Yeah, Grand Grand El, <laughs> Grand El Torino. Get those a little mixed up. Uh, uh, we but... really are turning into a married couple, aren't we? We kind yeah. of are. Uh, get on your side of the bed. And where's my toothbrush? Um, all right, so. Uh, <laughs> another note here of excitement for me uh, Chicken Run 2 is coming to Netflix and uh, I'm very excited about this it's one of my favorite animated films of all time uh, it's 20 years old now which is nuts to think about uh, it came out in 2000 in fact it was the last I've said this on the show before it was the last movie my dad saw before he passed away saw it the night before he died which doesn't mean anything except now it's got that you know mm. it's got that on yeah. it but my kids and I, we have a giant poster in the in the movie room in there. We love, love, love Chicken Run. However, I am aware that maybe Hollywood thinks that Mel Gibson's a little problematic these days. So, what? will Mel Gibson be the voice of the chicken, the main chicken dude? I don't know. Uh, the rumor is he's not involved, and uh, that'll make some people happy. Uh, but I'm just stoked because Chicken Run is great. Uh, sadly, Mr. Tweety... People who know this movie, I know what I'm talking about. Mr. Tweedy, the guy who played him, died. He passed away not long ago. Okay. And one other character. Oh, the guy that played the the Colonel, the the, the Royal Air Force, uh, British Air Force Colonel Chicken. He also passed away. But all the lady chickens and other male all chickens. The chickens. All, and, the all the lady chickens. chickens all right. the lady chickens. This is it. This song is what I was hoping we'd get to. Um, <laughs> they're all alive and Ardman's doing it and it's direct to Netflix and I'm so stoked I can barely stand sitting here talking about it because I love Chicken Run Brian did you even did you see Chicken Run when it came out oh Brian no, I know I'm ashamed that's one of those movies that's like the the wait you haven't seen like a TV, TV's Travis does a podcast called wait you haven't seen dot mm-hmm. dot dot and it's all about movies like this. For him, I finally watched Jumanji. Oh, right. Um, Was that I your movie for that? Yeah. And uh, and so here's another one that I'm embarrassed to say I've never seen. I've seen other... Um, uh, what was the the guy and his dog uh, that, that's also Ardman Studios? <laughs> Wallace and Gromit. I've yeah. seen other Wallace and Gromit stuff. What's the guy and his dog? <laughs> and his dog? You know, the guy and his dog. 
Did but, you see? Uh, have you seen uh, the, the Sean of the she- the sheep of the Sean of the sheep or whatever? I did it not is? see Sean the sheep either. That's I limited good. my Ardman viewing just to Wallace and Gromit apparently, yeah. and did not see any of the alternative Ardman productions that did not involve Wallace and or. <laughs> They, they make great movies and chicken runs amazing and i was so sad when they uh, i don't know if you remember in the news some years ago this had probably been oh, i don't know six years seven years ago whatever it was their studio burned down and so all of their chicken run models all that plasticine all the sets uh all the wallace and gromit sets all that stuff just got completely oh, destroyed sad. but uh they're resilient. They're making a new one. I'm totally stoked. I don't know if Nick Park will be directing it. He's He directed the first one. He's the founder of Ardman or one of the co-founders. So I don't okay. know if he'll be involved or not. But Chicken Run 2 coming to Netflix, baby. Woo! Nice. nice. Finally. I'm excited about Netflix again. Well, I mean, we like Netflix, but I mean, uh, Cobra Kai coming. Yeah. Right? Finally get to see season two of that and future seasons. And I don't know. Do you, I, feel like, uh, I feel like Netflix has the legs to keep that thing going and make it better than YouTube Red or whatever it was. Oh, by far. Do. Totally yeah. can. Yeah, it's the right move. I don't know what the deal was to make it happen, but I'm really glad they did. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I still haven't seen it at all, so I'm really excited. Oh, yeah, you're in for such a treat. Are the it first So two... not what you expect just from from initial thoughts. Are the first two great. seasons up now? Are they there now? Uh, first two seasons are not there now. End of middle or end of July, I think. And okay. then... Um, They'll get those two up there first, and then they'll follow it with, uh, um, with season three once that's finished. And ready. I, I just I'd love that in concept alone. I might not have even yes. seen it. Just it's love great. the idea that they figured out a way great to make idea. that work. Um, all right, finally, this number, this eight six seven five three zero nine number that we keep talking yeah. about. Um, yeah. This is for a good time call. For, yeah, the, Thomas wrote in says talking about the eight six seven five three zero nine song reminded me about where I were or see when I worked for a very large cable company in the Puget Sound in the early 2000s. We started offering local phone service in the area. One of my coworkers lived in the prefix that was 867, so naturally, she requested the number 8675309. With her new phone number, her name was naturally Jenny. Her name was Jenny. She canceled the number after about four months due to calls at 3 a.m. from drunk guys hearing the song and calling it, uh, then being freaked out. uh, uh, Sorry, uh, then being freaked out the girl on the phone was indeed named Jenny. So she got all kinds of heat for that. I mean, you'd have to do that. You'd have to, if you get that phone number, when you get somebody that asks, if your name isn't Jenny, when somebody asks, hi, is Jenny there? Then you, yeah, hold on one sec. And you come back, (laughs) hello. You know, you just kind of, you just kind of see what they do. I think nowadays, like if it was your cell phone, a lot easier to manage because you can can basically silence anything that isn't on your favorites list. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. so if people are just going to jerk you around, no big deal. Um, That's why it'd be so great to have as a Google voice number or a, um, uh, yeah, what's the, is there another thing it's what, like it's what the 800 number, Coverville 800 number was. K call, uh, call eight, K-A-L-L-8. Oh, I remember those. That was the whole thing for podcasters. So they could have a call in voicemail line. They would That's use call right. eight. It was like four bucks a month it was ridiculously cheap i think you could even get a free one if you didn't care about it being an 800 number um it's still still around still a thing yeah get your own toll-free number now starting at just five bucks a month does it still look like a site that was designed in 1996 no more like one designed in 2010 i would say okay oh yeah no that's better that's way better yeah there's some features here that seem modern Mm -hmm. um oh man i 
I don't know. I could go for an 800 number right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about you, Brian, but I could really go for an 800 number. I didn't know this still existed. I thought it was a a long gone thing of the, of the early podcast era when we were all trying to get fake numbers for people to call. But now I use Google voice, so I guess I don't need it, but I don't know. I kind of like the idea of an 800 number anyway. Uh, so there you go. Thank you, Thomas, for your message. I wanted to make sure to get a few. We're getting more and more email. Some of it not great. But I most saw of that, it, I saw that uh, that little clip of a message, and you just sent me like one ninth of oh, like it was, it was nine paragraphs. It was that, gigantic. Right? It was gigantic. But I also don't want to give that guy any more oxygen. Yeah. So instead, yeah. we're uh, we're. But anyway, the point is, you guys are really using that, and that's great. Uh, go to the website frogpants.com/tms, and we'll read more of your messages because I like your mm-hmm. feedback, and I like hearing what you have to say. All right, Ryan. I like feedback. <laughs> it's not a good one. That's it's, it's got to end. It's all right. Sound. It's all right. Yeah, it's not right. the worst thing you've said. It's fine. Right. This is the oh, info we've been waiting for. Time for the news. Brought to you by. Have you heard the Sword and Laser podcast with Tom Merritt and Veronica Belmont? No. Well, Veronica's going to be very mad at you. And after TMS ends, go ahead and subscribe to it. All the coverage of science fiction and fantasy reading you can handle. Just search for Sword and Laser in your podcast app of choice. Very nice. I'm going to, you know, just based on Frogbent's All-Stars, I'm going to never want to perpetuate the the fact that Veronica Belmont is anything but sweet. But boy, <laughs> she sure would get mad during those games. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's the thing that it's like the funniest thing to kind of poke at her, like, how competitive and she's very competitive yeah in in a way that's endearing i mean it's a fun it's a fun kind of competitive but do not you know like if you're going to be in a game any kind of quiz contest whatever with her and if anything goes awry we're all dead we're all dead she'll just just destroy (laughs) us she's a destroyer of worlds we've mentioned that before she destroys worlds Uh, i was talking to her last night she is the sweetest person on the planet and she's always really nice but man get her in the ring Good luck to you. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, here's our first story. Hey, Brian, if you want to attract women, yes, uh huh, keep your cat out of your dating profile. Oh, sorry, Anara, you're not going to be in any photos. No more uh, dating my, photos. My Tinder photos anymore. Yeah, or grinders. What you meant? You meant grinder, right? Grinder. Okay, I'm on all <laughs> of them. I'm not picky. Grinder's still a thing. Can I get on Grinder if I wanted? Yeah, I think you could if you wanted. Yes, I think Grinder is still a thing. Let me just look. I think that. Uh, I'm gonna look real quick. Okay. okay, sure. Put that in your search history. Yeah, let's 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 show that I looked up Grinder. Okay, here we go. Grinder.com. Why isn't it? Uh... Okay, there it is. Oh, geez, get away from me. All right, world's largest social networking app for gay, bi, trans, and queer people. Okay, it's still here. Get it on mm-hmm. iTunes, the Play Store, or wherever you get your Grinder. <laughs> get your Grinder on. Okay. Anyway, Grinder on. Yeah. says this, by the way, this is a Colorado State story, so you'll enjoy this. This is a local oh, good thing. Colorado connection. Yep. Uh, it says we have catastrophic news for animal lovers. <laughs> I didn't write that. They did. Uh, um, if they use the perfect, if that's if that's anywhere in this story, we're done. Yeah, we're, we're out. No more show. We're done. We quit the show. TMS yeah. had a good run. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Uh, yeah. Let's see if that happens. Anyway, it says men who like cats are less likely to get a date. That's a takeaway from a study by Colorado State University which found that women are less likely to swipe right or say yes, is what the swiping right means to men, if they are posing with a cat in their photo. Scientists showed hundreds of women uh, women photos of two men, both men pictured with and without a furry companion. I just uh, put the photo in the uh, in the chat room so people could see it. Oh, good. I like yeah. it. 
I like that. I like, it's funny that uh, it's you know you've got A and B. Each one, each each dude is uh, got just a photo of him smiling at the camera, and then a second photo of him holding the same cat. Yep. So maybe what they need to do though is figure out. All right, maybe maybe women don't swipe right on tabbies, but maybe if you have a nice calico or a uh, yeah, uh, wouldn't it depend a little or, bit on the kind of cat? I mean, I might. I don't, I don't know. I'm no expert. Probably not a tiger. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you know what? My immediate it's funny. I look at this and I'm, you know, I'm a straight male. Uh sure. Cis, sure. cisgendered whatever I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look at this photo and I go, Yeah, I I would rather not have the cat in there. And I don't know why yeah, my brain's yeah. saying that. Like I guess that's the point of the study, but I, I don't What I, about I, if you're holding a giant plastic dinosaur? <laughs> I mean Hold me back, Brian. Hold me back. <laughs> I think I'm really in now. <laughs> in fact, it's gonna it's gonna distract me the rest of the show about this giant dinosaur idea you've got. <laughs> um, it says here. <clears throat> let's see. Um, scientists showed hundreds of women the photo of the two men. Uh, their response showed that men uh, men's luck got noticeably worse when the women saw the profile with a kitty. Men holding cats were viewed as a quote as less masculine, more neurotic, agreeable, and open, and less de- and less dateable. I like that agreeable and open are wedged in there mm-hmm. in these other negative things. Uh, according to the author, when shown the cat free pictures on one of the subjects, 38% of the women said they were more likely or very likely to casually date that person, while 37% they did consider a serious relationship with him. But picture the same dude holding a cat. The respondents, uh, or sorry, and they gave the respondent, resp- oh, Brian, you're going to hate this. Okay, I'm going to read that sentence again. You're going to hate this. Just be prepared, okay? I know you're not sitting, but just be prepared. Okay, all right. But a picture of the same man holding a cat gave the respondents pause for thoughts. For for, for thought, rather. How do you spell pause, do you think? Oh, P-A-W-S? They got us. Oh, C-N-N. Come on. They did it. Anyway, those numbers dropped to 33% in each category. Meanwhile, the proportion of women saying they would never consider getting involved with him rose from 9% to 14%. So so yeah, don't don't be putting your your cat. I wonder if dogs would be any different though. That's interesting, right? What if it was a big burly looking freaking you know, pit bull looking yeah, dog? Yeah, that is the question. Psychologically, are the women looking at these profiles thinking, "Wow, he cares about his pet so much that he wants to have it in his dating profile. I might come a close second in that relationship." Maybe that's maybe that's the subconscious thing. Yeah. yeah. Or a dog might be worse because it's like, okay, well, he can't come and spend the night because he'd have to go back to his apartment to let his dog out or back to his house to let his dog out or whatever. Oh, good point. Like you know, there's all sorts of subtle psychological things that could be going on with that. Yeah. It, do, it does have that effect, though. It's weird. I look at it and I go, mm-hmm. I would rather have lunch with dude A than dude B with the cat. Even though that's the same exact guy, and it's all contrived. All right, well, let's still... say let's let's turn around though and say it's a picture of a woman. Okay. Right, holding yeah. a cat. If it's a I woman, think I definitely a would cat, be less inclined. Yeah, I would too. I would too. To, to date a woman holding a cat in a dating profile because I figure she might only be holding one of her thirteen cats. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is that is it, right? Like we don't know. It feels like oh, we don't want to end up with Aunt Gail from freaking Bob's Burgers or something. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mister Business, Mister Business. I love the name of that cat yeah. though, Mr. Business. Um, yeah. but anyway, yeah, that's a, that's a thing, dude. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about any of that. That's a weird, I, I love stuff like this because like who would have known, like who, who would have mm-hmm. guessed any of this would be a thing, right? right? It's great. Love it. Study. 
school. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah, do your, was, do your work. The, oh, Colorado State University. It was like, I, I glossed past that, but okay. Yeah, Colorado State, cool. man. Good old CSU. All yeah. right, CSU. Well done. Go. Wait, I want to. I'm gonna see if I know their mascot. Hold on. Oh yes, the Colorado State. Um, uh, floor monkeys. I have no idea. Uh, the the uh, mole 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 people. The, the Colorado State <laughs> University Colorado, mole people. The mole people. Chud. The Chud. Go Chud. <laughs> no. CSU, I believe, are the um, Rams. That's up in. Uh, it's 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 funny because Barry Folk's daughter was um, in charge of helping take care of their Ram mascot that would run around at football games and stuff. Mm. Okay. Now, see, so yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you live there. You would know. I do. Um, all right. We're done with that dumb story. Let's move on to this one. <laughs> I like the animal stories, though. So I got this one about an iguana. An 80 pound iguana was found in a freezer in South Florida in a pizza restaurant. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why this made me laugh. I don't even show us in Tijuana. <laughs> I love that song. That song's great. Yeah, Mexican radio, wall of voodoo. I'll see you. You know all the details. You're walking. You're walking. Uh, ID three tag is what you are. That's right. Oh, Brian only likes music from the eighties. Oh, he likes eight six seven five three zero nine. But try and give him. You know, ask him about a Bastille or Miley Cyrus. He won't know anything about it unless somebody covered it. <laughs> the jury will now retire. <laughs> <laughs> uh too yes. fun you know what clip all that and all send the, that all of that is all of that is true clip all that and send that to jury all right just send that whole bit <laughs> i'm sure i have no doubt that all of our talk yesterday got clipped out and sent to uh Schwed and jerry yeah because we enjoy our fake rivalry with them it's, oh, it's fun there's nothing but nothing but love yeah well it's a little bit of annoyance but mostly love <laughs> Mostly not love. even, not even a little bit. It's like a real family, you know. You love them, but sometimes That's they right. annoy you. It's like that. <laughs> not even when every time Brian Brushwood meets Tina, he acts like he's meeting her for the first time. Yeah, not like, even oh, that. Not hey, even the- who are you? No, I've have we met? Yeah, he does that. Hi, Brian Brushwood. Nice to meet you. What, what what's your name? <laughs> I do magic. Yes, this is my real hair. I have the memory of a goldfish, <laughs> a whole goldfish. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on. Love you, Brian Brushwood. Yeah, he's great. He's great. All right. Don't. Okay. So here's the deal. If you got a dead iguana, <laughs> if you got a dead 80 pound iguana, do not store it in your restaurant. That would be my advice. Oh. Uh, one West Palm Beach joint. Learn that lesson after a visit from a state inspector. Although the massive reptile would provide or uh, prove to be the least of their worries. Anyway, Pizza Mambo, located somewhere on the Dixie Highway, was temporarily closed down for one day on June 18th after an inspection from the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation. Uncovered a litany of violations, including, but not limited to, an iguana, about 80 pounds worth, stored in a chest freezer. It's not one that's strapped to their chest. Like Oh, 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 gotcha. Okay. Like the floor one you have. I want to, I'm trying to find, I want to see an image of what an 80 pound iguana would look like. 80 pounds is enormous. Yeah. That's almost like, feels like a half a, half a gila monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Let's see. I'm, uh, the green iguana is the one that gets real big. Let's see. Um, let me try to find one. Try to find a real big one so you can compare it to like somebody holding it. Oh yeah, you can see how these would get just. A... Okay, that's ridiculous. Here, I'll put this in the uh, in the Discord. Uh, the Discordia. Here you go, Brian. Check I did find. I did find a picture of a um, 
a cat and iguana cuddling up together, and I said, all right, use this for your uh, profile picture. Oh, nice. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get That's, all the data. Those are eighty pound iguanas. Yeah, well, they're 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 younger, but those will get bigger even. So that's just that's not even Jeez. full size. They're pretty freaking big. Uh, I'm trying to find wow. one that that says the weight, but I can't find one. But you, they're they're big beastie things. And they're pretty dense, and I don't mean dumb. I mean they're <laughs> they're thick with two C's right. kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so the point is, uh, they, um, <laughs> the, the, the natural follow-up question is why was there an 80 pound iguana kept in a uh, restaurant freezer while the store owner couldn't be reached for comment? Pizza Mambo employee told the South Florida Sun Sentinel. You ever been there? The South Florida Sun Sentinel? I have totally been to the South Florida Sun Sentinel. I'm trying to remember the name of the, there was two, there were two women that I worked with that had exactly the same voice. And so oh, whenever weird. they called... Because they, because I, I would always, hand, I was on their support um, detail as well. Like they were, they had my direct line when they needed support, and uh, they were Florida women. Uh, that's what you're saying. They were F- Florida women. <laughs> yes, exactly. South Florida sunset. Nice. Uh, let's see. Iguanas, which have run rampant through South Florida, considered a delicacy by some, including one company that offers iguana sausages and iguana burgers. Now, I've had something close to this. I've had alligator burgers, and I've had alligator mm. crocodile. Or maybe it was a both alligator. I don't remember. I've had a lot of alligator before, and it is I've had, really yeah, good. I've had alligator and croc- uh, alligator sausage, crocodile sausage. They're good. It's very yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I would, I would but I've never had that. iguana. I don't know. I know. What do you think it I tastes like? Just like a weird... I probably taste pretty similar to alligator or crocodile. Like the, the lizard the lizard meat's a little bit... Um, Seems more tender, maybe. A little maybe. bit gamey. Yeah. yeah. A little more tender, a little oily or something, maybe. Frog legs. You had frog legs? Rainbow Brett wants to know. Uh, I have had frog legs once, and mm-hmm. they they literally tasted like chicken. Yeah, just um, like a wet like wet chicken or like really moist. Yeah, like a moist, moist. chicken. Yeah, moist chicken. Moist chicken. <laughs> I have a sister in law that can't stand the word moist, and we'd love mm-hmm. to say it around her just to make her squirm mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like the word. Okay, here are the three words she hates: moist, ejaculation. Oh. And penetration. How do? Okay, I can understand you and you're having dinner with her, and and the the topic. Oh, the steak is really moist, or yeah. you know, like oh, how would you get this? Uh, how'd you get this grilled chicken so moist? But how do ejaculation and penetration come up in just normal conversation? Well, I'll say things like, so you know, this is a, here. Here is a scenario. Although this this didn't happen Sunday, but you could you could imagine this. Steve would bring <laughs> out like all the ribs. And you uh, that he cooked, and you could say, "Oh, I can't wait to penetrate these ribs." And then she would go, <laughs> "She would go, oh, so oh man." It would be more like you would you would actually shoehorn them, yes. bludgeon them into conversation. Yes, and I would yes. do I would do like Harry Potter style because this happened a lot in the Harry Potter books where I'd go, I'd be t- I could tell a story and say, "Oh yeah," and then my friend did this right before he 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 ejaculated. Don't go in there. Instead of saying he exclaimed or he said or right, he yelled, yeah. you know, you could do that. Sure. You know, the market penetration of Quiznos in the uh, <laughs> South Alabama area is quite impressive. Exactly. I was reading the other day about the uh, the market penetration of uh, there's a There's a Cucoma. great there's a great line. Oh, is this from, is there audio from this? Hold on. <laughs> the Harry Potter books. They have this oh. quote where the, the line is, Ron ejaculated loudly, but really yeah. he was just yelling in class. But when you read that or hear it in the audio book, it's like, what the frick are you doing, J.K. Rowling? What are you doing? I mean, something different to her. I guess so. 
She's in trouble right she's now, very, anyway. She's a very lonely woman. She's very lonely. All I have is my billions of dollars to rub on very my... Very lonely. My and nobody ever tells me that I say things inappropriately. <laughs> How do I know? I just spew them on Twitter and hope for the best. I don't know why she talks like this. <laughs> uh, anyway, iguana, don't do it. Don't have an iguana. Uh, oh, hey, remember the little rascals, the old little rascals thing? It's way before yeah, our time, the old, right? The old uh, TV show, sure. Sure. Uh, well, Little Rascals actor from the 1994 Little Rascals movie, I guess. Okay. Was there a movie in 94? Yeah. Oh, there was totally a movie. Okay. I don't remember that. But anyway, the actor who played the role of Alfalfa, it always seems like the Alfalfa kid, no matter what generation, is the one in trouble. Because remember, the original well, Alfalfa kid, didn't he? He was all into drugs and hang, hung himself or something. Oh, weird. Oh, oh, I thought you meant that the character of Alfalfa was always in trouble. <laughs> no. like, well, yeah, I mean he like the character. He's like the right because they're rascals. Guy, but, the, but the actual uh, actor in trouble. Yes, the actor, the original actor from the fifties or forties, whenever that thing was on, he got in. It was a bad scene for him, and now we have a new Alfalfa who's in trouble. So this kid, Bug Hall, is the new kid, by the way, or was the new kid. What's uh, what's his name? Alcohol? What'd you say? Bug. Bug Hall. Oh, Bug Hall. Is the, is oh, the yeah, it's right here. Alfalfa. Brandon Bug Hall. His first name is Brandon, I guess. Anyway, uh, he was arrested this past weekend in North Texas, according to a report from the Weatherford Police Department. Officers were called to a hotel, and uh, they had to check on a possible overdose. When they arrived, they found 35-year-old Brandon Bug Hall, Barnett, in a room with multiple air duster cans. He reported, reportedly admitted to inhaling from the cans. So he's a huffer, dude. He's a huffer. Oh, no. Yep, he's a Hufferton Post is what he is. <laughs> Ariana Hufferton. Yeah, Ariana Hufferton. Oh, darling, you're supposed to breathe in all the gasoline from the can you're, you're huffing. Such a deep cut because uh, <laughs> uh, she even didn't involve with the Huffington Post anymore. They just carry on with her name. I think something. she does. I think she sold it, right? I don't think she has anything yeah, to do with so. it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what she does now. She used to be sort of political. She was always weird. I don't know what she's doing now. I have no idea. I guess they, they've shortened it to the Huff Post. Maybe that separates it from it being connected to Adriana. Why do you want to have the, the word Huff sucks, though? You know what I mean? Like, sure. Well, like for this guy, but also just oh. the word Huff. It's like, oh, hey, it's the little, the little, sorry, little boy just showed up as we're talking about drugs and drug abuse. Come here for a minute. <laughs> Come here, buddy. I just want to see you for one second so the chat room can see you. Say hi. Look, he's just like a little man now. Hello, look at all that hair. I know. He's like a little Where'd man. Where'd you get all that hair? Where'd you get all that hair, buddy? Oh, stand up so you can see it. Nope. You want to sit, do you? Okay. He's like, look at all these buttons and lights. Yeah. He loves Hi. it in here. He loves can it in here because. Yeah, yeah. See? Look at Brian waving. You see that? You want to wave back? Say hi. No, you don't want to? No. That guy, that guy scares me, Dad, Grandpa. Go. Help me. Here, he'll give me Protect high five. Protect me from the scary bald man. Oh, you can't see it. High five. There you go. Oh. He just taps it. Here you go. All right. Sorry. Quick visitor. And he has got a pooper going. Bun in the oven. Woo! <laughs> All right. Sorry. Uh, where the heck was I? Oh, yeah. So this little We're rascal's kid. Ariana Huffington not involved. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just the word huff is it's just a, I don't know, it feels like a negative term to me. Mm-hmm. Well, he was all warm and sweaty. He must have been outside. <laughs> sorry. Hope that sweat. <laughs> you do, dude. He's, he had a poo going. I know that. I can tell you that for positive. <laughs> um, anyway, he was uh, arrested and charged for possession or use of a volatile chemical, which is a misdemeanor. Um, let's see. Is there ever any, anybody with the last name Demeanor and you could call her Miss Demeanor? Do you think that ever happened? That's, that's used. I mean, there's a lot of people who co- who 
like Missy Misdemeanor Elliot mm. uh, goes d- does the whole uh, call me Misdemeanor. Oh right, she did do. I liked Missy Elliot. Get your freak yeah. on. Get your freak yeah. on. She was great. And that backwards. Look at the next me She was cool. And her videos had her videos had like a cool frenetic weird thing going on all the time. Yeah. She was yeah. rad. Like weird special effectsy stuff going on. Yeah, she's cool. Anyway, uh, the Weatherford residents who uh, uh, who is best known for his lead role in Little Rascals in the '90s, he was also appeared appeared in the Big Green. Don't know what that is. The Stupids and Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, uh, and various other TV shows up until 2018. He's also in Baby Driver. Oh, was he? He's not in Baby yeah. Driver, is he? Really? He was in Baby. He wasn't the Baby Driver, but he was in Baby Driver. He was one of the probably one of the gang members or something. If you have not seen Baby Driver, now's the time. Still haven't. Or- Still we're enough past the kevin spacey uh stink it was like oh too soon to start thinking about kevin spacey but now it's like yeah you can just see that and not think about kevin spacey as much as you can think about how good ansel elgort is in that i'd watch it anyway because i really like uh who makes the movie uh hold on a second sidian says ansel elgort also raped someone please tell me no oh talia's saying no. that too don't get out of here really really Oh, I just found out about Cass. What's his name? Yesterday, I saw a bunch of his secrety messages. Somebody posted. It's like, dude, the guy, the guy from the Expanse, the um, Cass Anvar is his name. I think he plays. Um, yeah. I forget the character, the pilot of the ship. Uh, one of the he's a fan favorite, and the, the bunch of it's like some private messages he sent are got leaked. And oh my gosh, dude, what really what is wrong with you guys? What is wrong with everybody? Just keep your wiener where it is. Keep your, keep your wiener here. Find a nice girl who really loves you. And then you can have your wiener out then. Yeah, okay? exactly. Come keep, on. Keep, keep the wiener there and don't be oh, wagging so- it around or acting like, Hey, I'm an actor at a con. You want to, Hey, look at me. Come <laughs> come see my come wiener. Come back to my hotel room and get nasty. Uh, hey, it still has uh, Shane from Walking Dead. Can we? Is he okay still to like say, all right, he's good? He's I think good. he's all right. He's I've heard nothing but good things about him and his earlobes. So he's fine. Ginormous earlobes. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Edgar Wright, that's who I met, the director. He's great. So oh, yeah. uh, unless somebody wants to tell me that that's got some horrible news around it. Well, it's been a rough week for all that. And today, actually, with Wendy, we're going to talk about the gaming side of it because that got yeah. real. that got real weird. Um, all right. Uh, oh, speaking of which, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll be spending some time with Wendy, do a little Therapy Thursday, talking about uh, some late breaking uh, rip from the headline stuff. So stick around for that. And yeah, and then more. So keep, come come back after this song Brian's going to play. Okay. Yeah, do that. Or stay here through the song that Brian's going to play. Sure. Uh, Shane Maddox, our friend. Uh, Shave Maddox. Also, uh, <laughs> Shane, like... Goes by a lot of names. Mm. Uh, Shane wrote in and said, Hey, I'm wondering if it'd be possible to play yet another song from my band's latest album. Yes, dude, it's always possible. Yep. This is one of my personal favorites from the album. And as always, I'd ever be so appreciative if you'd be able to do so. There's absolutely no rush in this. Hope to see you guys sooner than later in Las Vegas. Stay, sh- stay safe. Say, I'm sorry, he even put, Say, Stafe, <laughs> Shane Maddox. He even did it the right way, and I did it the He's right He's going to make it happen. It's going to be the next thing you watch. It's going to be the gonna be a thing this is from the most recent album from the band else we're, we're big fans we're big fans of uh, the, the band as well as shane himself uh the album is called through what we knew here is wishing well oops here it is
If you're like most people, you almost never go to the doctor, right? Maybe when you're sick or hurt, but that's kind of it. Emergencies only, right? Well, finally, there's a practical and affordable way that you can take control of your long-term health and get personalized care from the comfort of your own home. SteadyMD is your personal doctor online. It's telehealth done right. You start by taking a quiz to get matched with a licensed primary care physician who understands your lifestyle and your health needs. And then next, you have a one-hour appointment with your doctor to start that real relationship, an actual living human being. After that, your doctor is available to you anytime by text, phone, video chat, all that stuff. Unlike other services, this isn't a random doctor call-in. Each SteadyMD doctor has a limited number of patients, so they have time to listen and give you the personal attention that you deserve. They're your doctor. Uh, Taking that quiz was super easy. It would be for you as well. And there's all kinds of great questions on there about 
Whether you're trying to be gluten-free or you are on a paleo diet or you're doing keto right now. Are you a vegetarian? Do you run? What's your physical fitness level? That sort of stuff. Super easy, super simple. Got through it in like a minute, minute and a half. And uh, you could make it that simple as well. SteadyMD can help you get and stay healthy, manage chronic conditions and concerns, reduce stress, lose weight, sleep better, feel better, boost your immunity, much, much more. All from the comfort of your home. Skip the waiting room and the germs. Especially now. Anyway, <laughs> prescriptions sent to your home or local pharmacy. That's super simple. All your medical records are on one place. And you get unlimited access to your doctor for only $99 a month. There is no additional visit fees or copays. Just that one monthly payment. SteadyMD will help you understand and get the most out of your health insurance. But insurance is not required. SteadyMD is now accepting members of all ages in all 50 states. Go to Steady steadymd that's steady the word steady md one word dot com slash tms and take the free quiz and see which doctor is perfect for you that's steadymd.com slash tms there is no risk there's no long-term commitment to get started that's steadymd.com slash tms and we thank them for their support of the show Hey guys, let's talk about Pitney Bowes. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler than it is right now with SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. With SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes, it's just a click, send, and save for as low as $4.99 a month. That's $4.99 a month. It's crazy. Send envelopes, flats, and packages right from your desk, and you are back to business in no time. And for being a listener of TMS, that's the morning stream, you'll receive a free 30-day trial that you can get started with right away. And... To help you get started even further, a free 10-pound scale to ensure that you never overpay. Save time and money on mailing and shipping with SimPro Online. Again, starting at just $4.99 a month. Qualify for special USPS rates for letters and priority mail shipping. Calculate exact postage online and print from your PC or Mac. Go to pb.com slash TMS to access the special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free 10-pound scale to get started. That's pb.com slash TMS. Experience shipping made simple with a free trial of SimPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Like this Zeret applicator, for example, which has claimed to cure arthritis with Z-rays. There are no Z-rays. Adam, you will be king someday. What do you think? Many Bothans died to bring you this information. This is the Morning Stream. All right, we're back, everybody. <clears throat> we're back. Yeah. That reminded me of uh, the show I'm watching, or this cartoon I'm watching on Adult Swim on HBO Max that I missed during its heyday, I guess. But have you heard of Metalocalypse or Metal? Yeah, Metalocalypse. The name's familiar. It was totally new to me. I don't know how I missed it because I watched a lot of Adult Swim there for a while. Yeah. And uh, it's just like this stoner dream heavy metal band story thing. It's the it's weird. It's so weird and I love it, but it's weird. <laughs> and it reminded me of that song. That song's got a lot of that. Except the guy's a little more a little more cookie monster. <laughs> but it's all pretty ridiculous. It was I guess the whole movies guy made it. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It's 
seems seems interesting. So HBO Max, everybody, get your Adult Swim on. Nice, nice. Wendy time. <clears throat> That's yeah. what we call this on Thursdays, where she joins us and we talk about important issues of the day. We also have a little fun. You know, it's not all serious. It's not all doom and gloom. No, we try to lighten things up, lighten uh, difficult yeah. topics up, yeah. like uh, dating profiles with cats and yeah. eighty-pound iguanas. Exactly. <laughs> what about a dating profile with an eighty-pound iguana? Oh my lord, Brian, you're singing my tune. <laughs> uh, so this should happen shortly, assuming she she's online. So hopefully she picks up the phone. Hmm. Sometimes she's quicker than this. Oh, there it is. Hi, Wendy. Hello. Hello. Let me play this. Something wrong, Batman. Has anybody seen Wendy? Sensorily. Oh, that's totally weird. Hey, it's my sister Wendy. <laughs> she's a therapist. Hey. She does stuff for people all the time because she's a therapist. She she does that all the time. And she comes on Thursdays and she helps us with uh, little problems we have here and there. Sometimes they're topics, sometimes they're questions. You never know. But Not uh, our problems, though. She no. does help us with our problems, Scott. Well, we see, don't have them. And, secretly, uh, these are all about me anyway, so it's all oh. just to help me. Oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wendy, how are you? How was your? Well, I guess we didn't see you last week because I had to leave early. But how was your? How's the last two weeks been for you and the Dunford clan? There, we're doing good. Yeah. We are. We are doing good. Um, I don't know how to answer that question ever. I know, right? It doesn't. <laughs> it's like you say you're doing good, but then there's all these caveats. Like, uh, it's like the we're same. We do, mm-hmm. we do the same thing every day. Uh, everyone's healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. We're bored and busy all at once, and so I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's good. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm starting to see the toll on um, Peter with uh, not being around other kids. He's getting weirder by the minute. Oh no. <laughs> He's going to invent something cool, though. He does. That's the kind of kid he is. You leave him alone. Oh, is that too what he long. does? He's like an inventor. He's just a smart, yeah. smart little weirdo. He's just, he's, yeah. And like, I don't, I don't know the things that come out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. He'll either be and a super. I think, yeah. Oh, great. Why do I have my weirdest child last? Because I'm going to be tired and uh, yeah, I can't help him. Whatever. No, he'll be fine. It's just. He needs some other eight-year-olds is what he needs in his life. Yeah, I think all eight-year-olds all eight-year-olds should, you know? Like, that's the worst part about this is, or I think it potentially could be, and who knows for, you know, we probably have to wait 10 years to find out if there's any real impact, but there's a lot of kids who just aren't getting the social stuff that they yeah. would yeah. normally be getting right now, and that's important stuff, turns out. So it is. They're all going to be it like, is. they're all going to be, they're all going to be like what people stereotype as homeschoolers. I know not everyone's like that, but. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean. Like some, not all, not all homeschoolers. I know. But and let's just be clear: homeschooling has gotten a lot better since you and I knew homeschoolers when we were younger. There, there mm-hmm. was nothing but weird going on. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. It's gotten way, way better. But part of that was, at least socializing. A, yeah, they didn't. Yeah, never, like now they go in groups and they do all sorts of. They're really connected with each other, and so yeah, the weird social anti-socializing thing is remedied a little bit so. well one one would hope um all right hey uh <laughs> we're going to talk today a little bit about a thing that's happening in, in in our sphere um that is to say brian and i's and sort of our our little mm-hmm. nerd sphere that we exist in so in the last week or so week and a half or so um a whole bunch of brand new accusations of some pretty gnarly conduct started flowing out of lots of corners there's stuff happening as it always is in hollywood there's things happening in in political circles and that sort of thing. But where it's really hitting us where we live is it's happening in the gaming business, the gaming industry in general. And it's not just, hey, this guy at certain company is abusing his power and influence. 
Um, although there are plenty of those examples, but it's also bleeding into, hey, that you know Twitch streamer with fifty thousand you know uh, live followers. Every time he does anything on stream, turns out he's got this happening, and he's doing it with fans, or he's messing around with girls at conventions, or he's you know just a, it's it runs the gamut currently. Somebody being a butt. Someone being a butt. There's a bunch of butts right now. Lots of butts. People being butts, and it stings a lot because. Uh, having gone through my own uh, sort of version of this, not me being the butt, but having somebody I worked with turn out to be a butt about a year ago, uh, doing some really gnarly stuff, uh, it hit you like a truck. You're like, whoa, what? Wait, what? Hello? When did this? Who's did? What? Why? You know, like that sort of thing. And so now I'm really like hyper vigilant and paranoid about it. Uh, yeah. I just can't fathom. I just don't want anyone to get hurt, you know? So anyway. Part of me's like, oh, this is the worst. Can humanity get any worse? And then the other part of me says, no, this is good. It's sunlight. It's it's what you want on this stuff. In the past, it it's never it's always been here, but now we can expose it and it can be pushed. You know, it can be improved upon. It can the change can happen. Whereas before, it was always locked down, always locked in, and people would go their whole lives without saying anything about it. So I, I realize that those two things can sort of be true at once, right? Like. On the one hand, it seems awful. On the other hand, it's like, well, wait, maybe it's good that we're hearing all of this. I'm curious what you would say in terms of those points, but also as a extended community of mostly, you know, good-hearted folk who are just playing video games and having fun and looking at new announcements and talking on podcasts and just trying to, you know, enjoy our our not only our hobby, but in some people, you know, in a lot of cases, our our way of life, our our, you know are living that sort of thing how do you where do we tell them about this like this moment that we're having in in the middle by the way of all these other moments it's like a freaking twinkie yes. with eight kinds of filling in it we're just we're just we thought we had all the filling but it turns out there's another layer in here of, of okay night. well that's actually i could you answer a question for me before i share my thoughts um <laughs> so gamergate was what 2014 14 13 14 yeah so why is it what is different about that and now as far as people's response and those kinds of well i mean isn't this similar not re well i mean it's similar in terms of controversy but the gamergate stuff was this is different because the gamergate stuff is a big complicated beehive that i don't know if i want to poke necessarily but because there's going to be a whole lot of different takes on it but basically the whole thing then was you had a group of people who were claiming there wasn't any kind of um they they they, they wanted uh, what was the word something in journalism um they basically were saying that reviewers and game game writers and that sort of stuff were not uh were not being good journalists we're not following oh, ethical okay. journal ethics and journalism that's the word i was ethics, looking for okay and uh so you you know people would review games and were paid off to say it was good or uh, these were the accus- accusations, but also okay. a ton of that. And I have no doubt that there were at least a couple of people who really, that was the main gist of it for them, that it was just purely, we need to hold games journalism to a higher standard and they need to be better at their jobs. And I'm sure those people existed, but most of what came out of that was a lot of really hateful stuff toward in particular, female, uh, writers, contributors, reviewers, that sort of thing. And it was 
it was pretty bad in that direction. And that's why most people, myself included, think Gamergate was a completely misguided nightmare of a mess of a movement, if you want to even call it that. Um, it was very misogynistic, and I'm sure I'm going to get emails about this, and that's fine. So bring it on. Leave your return email address so we can actually talk, though. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be great. Uh, but anyway, so that's kind of that. But then this thing here is these are people have had uh, – these are women that are having – men in in power and influence of various types around the industry who have abused that power and influence real quick i know that i know what this is compared to that what i wanted to clarify with the gamergate thing is is that what emerged is that there is a a large undercurrent or at least an obvious one like it it's like it surfaced in a way that maybe um hadn't been seen before at least the general public was not aware of, right? Like I consider myself part of the general public that is not in the nuances of any of this. And then I hear about this and hear about all the misogyny and hear about how these women are treated. And I'm like, what the, oh, that's awful. Mm -hmm. And then it's out of everyone's consciousness in the general public, right? Yeah. Maybe you guys have a little bit of it lingering or, but what I want to know is what was anything said, done, or figured out or did did incidences of this bad behavior change or they start disappearing over time or was there like a moment where uh, like something was done to prevent it ah, did anyone lose their job did anyone Mm -hmm. gain uh you know some new perspective and right like and that's what Mm -hmm. i'm trying to get at is right now versus then i feel like we have a completely different world yeah and and change is possible in a way that systematically was just not then. And I have a couple of theories on why that is, but I just wondered. I don't know the answer to that about Gamergate. Was anything different after? Okay, so everyone just go back to their caves and I get your point. I, they want. Now I understand your point, and I think that I think it's a good one. Okay, so this is what I think happened. Think of like the Ferguson riots and result yeah. of of that didn't really permeate the rest of the country. Uh, very much it did some but not you know not like the way that george floyd's uh death did um this it feels a little like that like that stuff that was happening then was was a big deal especially for certain individuals but in a lot of ways everyone just sort of stopped talking about it and moved on with their lives this time feels different (laughs) this feels like not, I don't want to co-op the George Floyd situation into this because it's not even near the same, uh, the same thing. It's its own, it's its own importance, but it's separate. So I, I, I'm hesitant to, you know, to appropriate it. But, but it feels like a similar thing. Whereas the George Floyd, um, George Floyd's death sparked a a level of protest that's far beyond anything we've seen since the civil rights movement. And in the same way, these allegations that have come out in the last week and a half in just the little gaming space where it's happened has done has felt in a similar way more of a catalyst moment, more of a zeitgeist moment, more of a tipping point. I guess I'm describing tipping points is what I'm doing. Yeah. Because people are like, all right, again, we're doing this again. Okay, how about we never do this again? So there's a lot of sort of no more we're done we don't want to do this we don't want another wave of hearing about this later we all may have thought after 2014 yeah it got better well actually it turns out it didn't maybe it got even a little worse um and already you're seeing most of the people in the in that have been accused in the the last week and a half have either done big giant public apologies 
or have resigned or stepped down or been fired. Um, they're big, high-level writers in video games uh, that, that uh, are wrapped up in this. They've all been fired from any projects they're working on. And those companies come out with statements saying, uh, we knew about none of this. We had we known, blah, blah, blah. And you can get into the weeds on who knew what and when they knew it and all that if you sure. want to. And uh, what and all the motives to do this and yeah, right. all that. So there's a lot of that going on right now. Uh, so what's different, you know what's different about this time than before? This time, people are copping to it more weirdly. Hmm. Like there are more people saying, I know, I got to take care of my issues. I'm quitting today. Uh, this has oh. been a problem for years. Um, I know this doesn't help the victims. I can't say sorry enough. I'm, I'm, you won't see me on social media for a while. I mean, basically, they're doing what happened last year. What they year. need we're, to be doing. Yeah, what they should be doing. Well, they're doing they're doing what Terpster did last year. And in some ways, that's good a good sign of accountability happening, right? It doesn't change the damage. It doesn't help the victims. It doesn't necessarily, I mean, I don't want to speak for them. Maybe it does help them, but, but it does... It does seem like more people are copping to it and less denial, less digging in. Uh, that could be purely my own impression, though, because I've just seen a lot of re- resignations, firings, and an apology video slash blog posts in the last week. And that surprised me. I thought there'd be more lock it down. Uh, I mean, part of it, too, is there's a lot of evidence. People have screen capped these conversations they had in private messages. They've they've screen capped some lewd thing, some dude sentiment in Snapchat or, or, you know, Facebook private messenger or whatever. Like they're actually keeping this stuff, the women, the victims and so on. They're saying, you know what? This may come up later. I'm going to screen cap this. And some of these people screen cap stuff for 10 years and are just now feeling empowered enough to come out and say something. And I always look at these things and go, um, if, if you're going to come out and accuse somebody, some higher up somewhere, like yesterday, the, the, the lead on the Assassin's Creed games and arguably the the creative mind that made the last three such a huge hit uh or the last two and the third one on its way here this this year he's he's a big deal over there and he resigned and did a big apology thing and walked out of there and it feels like a few years ago that may not have happened i don't i don't know i don't know if there would have been people would have helped cover for him meaning the company or whatever but it feels like the companies have kind of had it too like at a yeah. very top level, unless they're the problem, and maybe they are systematically, but at the top level, it feels like they're being more, um, you know, they're, they're, they're saying, all right, that's it. No more. Zero tolerance. What are we doing? Like, we're changing this. And here's the other stuff we're going to do. And you kind of see that across a lot of things. You see it across racial justice, and you see it across women's rights and other yeah. things as well happening in the larger society. But in the gaming space in particular, that's why this feels different now. It feels tipping pointy, and it feels... Like people have had it and the women feel more empowered to say something. And you, I always ask to what end, right? Like if a woman's going to come forward and say 10 years ago, this guy did this thing. It's, it's easy for some to go, why wait so long? How come you didn't do it right away? You know, all those things that people say. And my answer is because it's freaking hard and their career was at risk. Their lives were at risk potentially in some cases. Their, their, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they, you know, this is you're asking for ridicule and you're asking for heat from bad actors on Twitter and other, you know, social media networks when when you come forward with something like this. So they're exposing themselves in a really we- real and serious way. These women are to be victimized again, to be victimized right. again. Mm-hmm. And not only that, yeah. but dogpiled on by that victimization. They'll also right. get a lot of support. And maybe right now the big swing is the support is way up. 
way up. And I don't just mean the culture at large for people that are doing wrong. I mean, like, in gaming, people are more proactive about saying, I, I cannot believe this happened to you. I couldn't be more sorry that it did and that I support you, I believe you, and, I'm, and, and all of this. They're not well, don't you, don't you think some of that's related to there are more gamers than just white dudes in their basements. Look at me doing a stereotype. (laughs) Yeah. Look look at you. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, we're maturing as an industry, right? Like we're, we're like anything, there's growth and there's scaling and there's problems with that scaling. When you start to scale, you start to have issues. Some are systematic, uh, some are one-offs. Like you just have problems and this feels like a a maturation point for sure. Um, of an industry that now isn't just catered to 12 year old boys. Um, like it used to be. It's an industry catered to everybody and there are more women gamers overall by percentage well, than men. And let me let me take just one very specific example of the art work, right? The artistry that is part of this. Um, you know, because you have various facets of building a game, right? And there's different groups and different subspecies of humans who do certain kinds of work, right? But take take the artwork and I know of one of the the people um, who has apologized is kind of more in the art realm of things. Um, and the cost, though, and I think this is something to for, for people when when your your system you've gotten used to and you just don't want anything to touch it. You don't you don't want to see the underbelly. You don't like none of that is appealing or you weren't looking for it. And now it's suddenly all upended can be really freaky and you. You in the past, and this is my theory about the Gamergate, is that that was the first exposure of the underbelly in a way that was very big and public, at least for you know the rest of the planet was going. Wait, well, you guys are also horrible over there. Okay, yeah. it wasn't just forums and little places. No, little yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it was different. And and yet, it, let's go back. Let's flip the beast back over. I don't want to really look at its belly. And and this is a. I, I read Jessica um, Richie's she's the one that put it all together on medium. Right. I, mm-hmm. I read what she wrote and was trying to you know, read through some of the things. And it's, it's like, it speaks for itself. She doesn't, she doesn't have to do anything. No, there, there isn't a, you know, here's the expose. It's just like, here's the words and the evidence. And there's so, so many anyway, but going back to this, the art situation is that you have this kind of behavior that has been pervasive, allowed, um, and we could talk about the individual psychology of one of these folks, and that's fun. But th- there's also like <laughs> you go to a conference and you're handsy and you're annoying and you're you're constantly soliciting. You're just, but no one does anything because you have the power uh, to get away with that. They can all secretly think you're disgusting, but you know you're still the ticket to this or that, and you just hold too much power. But the real price, so the price is the victimization, right? The price is people don't feel safe. And the real price is the talent that will never come to light because you're a dirtbag, mm. right? Like, mm. so so notice most of these are men, right? And they're in positions of power. They, they're vocal, typically. They, they run the, this or that. Um, that power and being sleazy at the same time has a long heralded history in American life. Yeah. And you're safe because it's the network that keeps you safe. The, the, the other men who either protect you or don't say anything, you have the women who have lost, um, either are going to lose because of it and, or they're quiet. So they don't lose, but they, the power differential is always there. 
anyway, but what you end up doing is it's not a safe place for a new emerging artist to show up, right? Yeah. And then if she gets sexually harassed or is solicited and she says no and she pisses this person off, her career is now, I mean, that's the me, hashtag me too, is how many actresses never had careers um, because that gross, disgusting of a person, dude, like, you know, got rid of their career options for them. So that that loss of even more diversity and more expansion and more talent and the gifts people have to offer. I mean, to me, that's the saddest part about this. And I do, I do wonder if that's part of this is that there is a recognition of the, the, the lack of, I don't know, good that we have because we have the lack of people, yeah. right? Yeah. We've, we've, every, things have been narrowed down to, and that's the systematic racism thing, right? You don't, you, you don't have people with diverse opinions or life experiences or just different, you know, anything on a board, you're going to make decisions based on your life experiences. You're going to think other people think like you, you're, you know, that's human, but it, without those diversity of, you know, artists or thought, I mean, it just makes things better. Right. Right. No, I, I, I agree also. Uh, so there's one in particular that really struck me, um, because it hits, it also hits pretty close to home, but there was a concept artist who worked at Blizzard and she is amazing. Like her work is incredible. It speaks for itself. It is, it's just self-evident how talented she is. Uh, it's embarrassingly good. So good. And, um, anyway, she, she detailed a bunch of stuff that happened. And part of the, part of the thing that kept jumping out at me is we, this industry in particular, and this is maybe true of a lot of businesses or a lot of Industries that have a lot of conventions and sort of, you know, uh, outlets to sort of have, you know, thousands of people congregate and come see the thing you're working on. It is very, very alcohol, alcohol fueled party culture. So if you have a con frat, frat house kind of. Yeah. yeah. And if you so if you have a convention and, and not that people can't drink responsibly at conventions, I'm not saying sure, that. Sure. But I do. Yeah, Brian does. He does. <laughs> yeah, Brian. I look like the weirdo with the Coke in the corner, but it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> um, but I go to these. I've, I've been to some of these parties. The ones at BlizzCon are, are bangers, man. Like it, they're mm-hmm. big and loud and everyone gets really drunk. And it's just a very high octane. Everyone's really excited to be around it, but they're drinking and drinking and drinking. And it's it's that the, every one of the stories that I've read in the last week and a half had something to do with alcohol. <laughs> they all did. And I'm not saying alcohol is the problem. I don't want anyone to hear me wrong here. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if it, if the culture is, hey, we do cool stuff and make enough money so that we can afford these big lavish parties where we can all just bla- get blasted with each other and then we are not we are not behaving in our our best interest because we are impaired while we're doing this, a lot of this stuff this is where it goes south. And it's where your well, pr- and, your primal bullcrap comes out. You exactly know? right. You have to have that within you. The alcohol just basically lowers those filters that usually have up that prevent people from seeing that you're kind of a jerk deep down inside. Yeah, right, right. So if you've got a tendency to, I don't know what it is like, and I've seen some of this happen. Like uh, I was at a BlizzCon once where <laughs> no names, but I watched I watched some people that were very very drunk. Just gropey, gropey on the girls that they were trying to meet. Okay, okay. Well, you can use my name, Scott. It's totally fine. <laughs> I was gonna say Grumpy Tom. Grump. I was gonna say Tom Merritt just to throw some interference. But, 
but you guys are like me. That's why right? I was groping. Let's yeah. let's go ahead and put it all out there. I'm kind of a you were groping Tom. I'm kind of a oh, it's ten o'clock. I'll see you guys in the morning kind of guy. But anyway, um, you know, I saw some of that stuff firsthand, and now part of me goes. So let me ask you this: This is where it gets tricky, because part of me goes, oh yeah, I witnessed some of that and thought that's douchey. I guess they're all drunk. Whatever. Let's move on. Let's go to the other place and see what's going on. But now I feel like should I have said something you know should i have like is part of the of the enabling culture that we're just going well they're dudes and they're drunks it's you know and that girl's laughing but sometimes she's laughing because she's that's her best defense in the scenario she's in you know what i mean so well yeah boys will be boys you just said like all the cliches that exist yeah and how we keep people victimized yeah right Boys will be boys, and also she's laughing, so she's fine. Oh, and she's wearing a short skirt, so I guess that's that. And and all of those tropes and all of that history of sort of maintaining the 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 status quo of power. Let's let's be clear about where it comes down to, because if you ask any victim of sexual abuse, assault, um, you know, there's the list is long on that thing. It's not all in person, right? Probably more so than maybe another group of people, maybe like the bankers association has the same problem, but they're not online all day, you know, sending Mm -hmm. texts to each other. So maybe we don't have as much data. (laughs) Good job with that mortgage loan, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There's some, you guys have documented your evidence a lot better. uh, Right. But, but, but that very core thing is that it's a power differential, right? So why aren't we hearing about women doing that? If it's about power, right? Because there are women in power in different places. But why aren't they harassing? And not to say it doesn't exist. I'm sure it does. But systematically, does it exist? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. And part of that is women are not predominantly in power in most industries. Um, But also, there is a there's a long, long history of blaming the victim for the things that have happened to them, right? That's part of keeping it all going. And so you can say, well, you drank, so there you are, or you wore that outfit, or you could have said no. And that's the thing. If you are a white dude listening to this, and I'm always going to call people white from now on, that's my new thing is to, whenever I talk about anyone, I say that they're white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're a white dude listening and you're like, well, and listen, I understand that impulse. I understand it. It makes sense to go, well, I need to understand why this would happen. He's normally a really nice guy. Well, she must have done something. And and what you don't maybe realize is like when Scott, you were saying about her laughing. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that just for a minute. Sure. What is actually happening to someone in those circumstances? They are seeing an opportunity. They are being told, oh, you're really good. Yeah, let me help. I mean, it is, it is a setup in for this dynamic to exist. Now, a good person is not going to do anything with that. They're going to say, oh, your art's good or your development style is amazing. We really want you on our team, period. (laughs) But when you have other intentions or your boundaries are pretty wacky or you have a power problem, you are going to then use that to then persuade other things to, you know, you're you're going in another direction. But that person is now, that woman in particular is now in, a bind. Yeah. So I have to do this. This is how this works. And for many years in many industries, that's exactly what women have even told each other. Oh, that's just what it, that's how they act. Well, you just got, because that's survival, right? Yeah. So survival, take that as sort of the core thing here of being safe 
and being valued for who you are, not for your gender, not for how you look, um, et cetera, right? But for who you are. So that's very vulnerable to have our real selves sort of being judged, but that's not what's happening. Um, and so so then what what do you do when you feel threatened or scared? Or usually these are very psychologically subtle. It's not like someone jumps out of and screams boo. It's right. usually slow. Um, and we have a lot of evidence of that throughout, you know, if you research this, right? right? But this idea of giggling, right? So you have a response to the stress of threat, right? So you can have a fight, flight, or freeze response. And there is a fourth one, and we've talked about it on the show before, but the fawn response, mm-hmm. which is includes giggling, which includes telling the person they're amazing or like praising the other person. Right. Now, how confusing is that if you're a dude who's a douchebag and you are maltreating someone and they're responding by giggling at your jokes? I get it. I get why you're like, what? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, it does if yeah. you take five seconds to learn about what power and control looks like, what, um, when an ego is running the show, when, you know, and then you add alcohol and then we get sort of the reality maybe comes out for certain people. But when people have a lot of power, um, and have continued to go up in power, this, this becomes a lot more insidious and and dangerous. And we can, I mean, you can study Harvey Weinstein's Weinstein's, whatever his life and how he handled everything. And I mean, he's a classic example of this. And we all go, ew, gross, he's disgusting. And not everyone's going to be at that level, but there is, there are versions of this at lower levels, which yeah. leads to my question, yeah. how this is different from the time before and, and going back to sort of racial justice issues. There are more white people involved in racial justice now than ever. And civil rights only existed because enough black people were convinced it was worth the risk. They, those were the victims you, you eventually get in mass. Right. And I think that's happening here is that there's enough voices. That's why you never hear about an accusation when there's like maybe one or two people you hear it after there's 26, you hear it after there's 10, you hear it. There's six people willing to go to court. There's probably 10 who are not willing to go to court. Um, you know, with Cosby is an example of that, yeah. right? So there, there's almost a critical mass of support that has to, for these people to put their lives through hell after it's already been through hell. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I wonder with this, what makes this different this time is potentially there is a pandemic still. I don't know if everyone knows it's still going, Yeah, oh, but yeah. there's a pandemic, which means people have had a little more time <laughs> and they're not gathering at con, at con cons left and right. They're not doing the behaviors that perpetuated and being as busy maybe or whatever. That's my current theory is that people have just had some space from some of their outlets. Um, and so they're going to fill the streets and they're going to demand this thing because they have the energy, the time, and the they're seeing the injustice. And I just wonder if it's not something similar with this, that here is this moment that works so well because everyone has to slow down. I'm not jumping I, on a plane. I think some of that's true. I, I think the slowdown is definitely a part of it. It definitely plays a part in it. But I also just think there's, and maybe this also plays into what I'm about to say, which is there's just a fatigue for it. Like, we're just like, really? We're still doing this? Like, this still is happening? We all kind of wanted it to, in our various positions of not having to deal with it directly, we all kind of want it just to go away. 
or to take care of itself, or we assume, oh, the industry will do it. Riot had problems? Don't worry. Riot will do a top-down thing. They've already said they will. We're good. The business is improving. Everyone's doing it. And then when you find out it's not, I think we're just all, oh, my gosh. I don't want to talk about this again in five years. I, I don't want to have this massive thing happen again. Also, I have a daughter who's about to graduate uh, soon into the world of video game development. That is her degree. She's getting a degree in games development at the University of Utah, and she is about this close to graduating. She's waiting to find out if she has to do all her electives because there's no college right now and, again, pandemic. But we're about to send her into that world. Not only that, we were going to send her as an internship up to Montreal to possibly work for somebody like Ubisoft, and it's Ubisoft that had to fire the dude at the top of the uh, the, the Assassin's Creed game because... He's been dorking around for 10 years in ways that are really, really disturbing. Like, I'm I'm having feelings of my own about just, oh, my gosh. I know she, she she's 23. She's old enough to make her own decisions. And she's a tough chick, and she'll kick people's butts. But it's still scary for me to say, hey, this world I love, these games, all this stuff, it's helped provide me a career. It's an amazing place to be. Go out there, Carter, and knock them dead. And then at the Here's same a plane time, like, take it right to the lines. Yeah. Then enjoy. And that's and we're not even bro, we're not even touching on the other issues that are in the industry right now, like uh, ridiculous overtime, um, way uh, underpaid mm. people. A project gets finished and the whole team gets laid off, even if it's a success. Like there's a lot of other underlying sort of need for something, whether it's you know full blown. Um, uh, what, what do they call it when you uh, uh, you all get a union, unionization? That's the word. Whether they need uh, workers unions or whatever it is to try to solve some of this stuff, uh, you know, you hear a lot, especially even in the news, you hear a lot of stuff about not cram. What do they call it? Ah, my brain today. The the word. What do you call it? What do you call it? Are you talking about STEM? No, where you no, where you? everybody's working too late and oh oh oh, like cramming for a test almost, but it's it's a work related thing and I can't think of the name. Right. Crunch. Gosh dang crunch. it, crunch. Mm-hmm. Captain Crunch. Anyway. The, the industry is is all controversial now, too, because crunch is a seriously bad thing. Like, it's really bad, and it's it takes priority over people's health, over their family lives, over their, their, their you know, their mental uh, health, that sort of thing. And that's all a whole separate thing. So this is, like, on top of that. And it's just, dep- de- it's depressing. So I'm like, hey, Carter, good luck. It's going to be awesome. She's ready for a creative career of the lifetime. And at the same time, I'm like, oh, man, do I really want her to have to deal with this? You know, anyway, that's a side note and totally no, selfish. You don't but. want her to deal with this. You want it to be better. And I, I here's here's a, a thought. And you guys can help me because it's just popping in my head. <laughs> um, but just this idea of sort of exhaustion with the underbelly of all the things, right? Like. The, who's who is left <laughs> who is left for us to, i mean okay so let me explain what we've been doing this summer so we i don't know where i got this idea but it has worked magnificently so someone feel free to copy me and do this and then tell me how it's going but we pick a theme for the week and then every night at dinner we are talking about what we've learned about something related to that theme we watch movies based on that theme we eat food around that it's just stupid but it gives us something to do okay so the first week I was like, I hadn't thought of anything and I just knew it was going to be hot the next day. So I'm like, okay, it's the hot week. So we had hot dogs and we ate uh, <laughs> hot tamales and did a hot sauce tasting contest. And every hot night, yoga. Yeah, hot yeah. yoga. We talked about 
like how to how Kelvin works versus Celsius and Fahrenheit. We, I mean, it was nerds research. It was really fun, and the kids flipping loved it. It was amazing. And then we ran out of ideas by the end of the week. And Abe talked about the Miami heat, and then I talked about when a dog is um, in estrus. In, in I mean, it got it got desperately <laughs> really? funny. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really funny. And then we watch movies on lava and volcanoes and other things, right? Okay, wow. so that was week one. And then I had all the kids give me ideas. So we, we built out the summer we each have a week. So the next week was racism, <laughs> which was oh, oh, fantastic. Yeah. And we <laughs> watched, so the, the CNN did a town hall with Sesame Street characters for kids on racism. And it was so well done. If you have little kids and you're like, how do I help them understand this? It's fantastic. These kids asked hard questions. Big Bird did a great job. It was amazing. Anyway, <laughs> and then we read books and listened to podcasts. And every night we talk about something about historic racism and our current systemic racism. My kids know about redlining and tokenism. I mean, it's shocking what they knew before we started. It was fantastic. So, but also hard. It was a hard week, right? Um, and there's a lot of Netflix shows you can watch to educate yourself too. So fascinating, interesting. All right. And I was like, okay, guys, this week, is Mr. Rogers. Nice. <laughs> because nice. we needed to feel a little joy, a little hope, a little whatever. And so it's been interesting. We've been watching episodes. We've been talking about his life. And his story is interesting in that he grew up really wealthy. Yeah. In fact, he was like driven to school in his in a limo or something. Um, and he was fat and nerdy and he got made fun of a lot and didn't have a lot of friends. And and Abe said something interesting. He goes, Oh, it's like the perfect breeding ground for ground for a serial killer, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, the Unabomber, or something like this. Set up to be a bad person, yeah. right? And and instead, and and we talked about the influence of his parents. They were incredibly generous and constantly serving, and he spent a lot of time helping them as they served others in the community. And so he went on to be a Presbyterian minister, and then got his degree and, you know, and then did these children's programs. And so what's fascinating is we watched a couple of the episodes and to see the emotional intelligence that he was teaching children and modeling and the slowness of it and the, the, the psychologically sound technical work he did. I couldn't appreciate when I was a kid, but I can now. And it is like a lost art form. And my kids asked this question. They said, will there ever be another Mr. Rogers? And I said, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hope so. But the idea being like, there obviously are very good people, but what's tricky is that that was the world where most of us grew up in, right? Which is there is some, there's good and bad. There's somebody's all good. Somebody's all bad. It's a little bit developmentally, like we were all kind of black and white thinkers. And now we're adults, right? And we're looking at the world. And as every underbelly shows itself in these different places, how poorly people are treated, um, minority populations, women, children, you know, whatever. It's, we're, we're looking at what we thought was stable and safe and we could rely on. And now we know that that's maybe not true. What do we do with that? So going back to Mitchell Rogers has been really interesting because I can feel that solidness when I think about him and we talk about him and I can see my kids, even though it's boring because it's slow and their brains are now trained to watch things at a refresh speed of point half second, you know, that they are feeling, it's just fascinating to watch, but it's kind of, we were trying to balance those two. 
I think it's because it's related to how do we ground ourselves? I mean, the pandemic was so unner is so unnerving. It continues to be unnerving. It the divisions, the family challenges, the whatever. Like, is there anything that feels safe anymore? Is is where we might find ourselves. So we have to be careful rather than wanting it to go back to when it felt safe, but everything was in under the cover of darkness. Um, or do we use this as the time where we do actually make changes, where where we can create a society or at least our local communities to be places that are better, like legitimately safe for everyone, not just safe for, you know, those who have the power in our majority. Yeah, I, I, um, I hope that it's, it's a meaningful change in this particular corner that we're talking about as I do everywhere, obviously, but, um, I don't know. It's just a bummer. It's a bummer. It's been one of the worst weeks and a half. And in some ways I still just feel really naive to it. And that bugs me a little bit that I'm just so like, really, this is, that happens. This happens. Like, you know, it's one thing to, to find out that, you know, like once in a while you hear something weird, like, Oh, did you know in this one country, they, um, uh, they, they, uh, killed their, their chickens by, uh, biting their necks off. And you're like, Whoa, really? People bite the necks off of chickens. Wow. Never heard that before. That's one thing. <laughs> but when you say, did you know that there's all this assault and rape and attempted rape and stuff that's happening like within the games business and from people you like and admire who make really cool experiences you like, and are some of the most creative people working in the business. And I'm doing it again. I'm just like, really? What? What? That guy? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's just naive. And and I and I'm and I'm just tired of that feeling. I'm tired of that feeling that this is, you know. And it, and it, it's funny. The pandemic is almost like this weird glue on all of it. So whether yeah. it's an actor I liked, or a producer, a director, mm-hmm. a, whatever it is, whatever thing's getting tarnished because they're just a, just garbage behavior. Uh, running through it all is like. And there's a pandemic, <laughs> you know? right? Right. As if we didn't, you know, didn't yeah. have enough going on. Do you think it's actually the opposite? I feel like it's maybe without the pandemic, none of this exists. Maybe like this. that's what I mean. There's the through the through line is 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 a, is, a, is so double edged, right? Like in some ways, uh-huh. it, it causes the fatigue, the irritation, the frustration, the yeah. the whatever. And, but it gives us the slowdown, which yeah. gives these moments time to. Yeah, in front of our computers, in front of social media, a lot more than if we were out and about and doing a regular. Yeah, or or yeah, when when the, when the world of business, as as FedEx would call it, is slowed down mm-hmm. to the point of some people straight up don't have jobs anymore, others are working in different yeah. ways, other people are furloughed, whatever it is. Now you are forced to slow down and reckon with what's happening instead of well, I'm just too busy for this. I have to keep going. I have to keep going. I have to keep going. Which is kind of what you've been saying. Yeah. And I think that's uh, there's. I mean, I think that's it. I think that's the big. Well, I think too. I think we've had a tipping point in apologies. I think that is something that is interesting because the system would protect you from needing to apologize. Typically, Um, like there was, I mean, the leader of our country will not apologize ever, right? Like he has a form of that, but there is this version of like we demand it. You you have to acknowledge this, and I think there that's a newer requirement that the internet has given us um because you can you can do it in a half second on your phone there is no you got to have a press conference and stand up there with your wife smiling that she'll forgive you or whatever like those days are gone this is this is we want everybody to right but that then teeters on the is it legit <laughs> like are you really did you get a template that tells you what to say 
or is or is this real? I would I would point everyone to Mark Harmon's podcast about him, his long apology, um, the work he had to do as he was sexually harassing one of the writers. Uh, I think it was on Community at the time. Um, he sexually harassed her for years, and he he says this apology to her in Twitter, and then she basically is just like, "Really? Is this this?" that's your, that's it. It's not one sentence. It's real. And he goes through and talks about what he had to do, um, to really, really change and to feel it. And that it's way bigger than you write something and disappear for a half minute. I mean, that's that, the reality uh, of yeah. Dan, Dan Harmon, by the way, Dan Harmon. what did I say? You said Mark Harmon. Oh and, my gosh. And Mark we don't want to, we don't want to besmirch uh, the fine actor star of uh, I'm JAG. So yeah. sorry. I'm JAG and NCIS continue you know. on. Anyway, yeah. Okay. My bad. <laughs> my bad. Anyway, but that's, that's an interesting listen to sort of look at the real work, which like I would sort of sum up all of this is sometimes I'm working with someone for a year to help them move past a particular thing or to, to change some behavior or, to, you know, figure a few things out in their lives. And it's so much work. And we're talking, if you have a lifetime habit, a lifetime habit of seeing women in particular ways, treating them in particular, I mean, you need your brain altered and it's going to take some time. So to say, I'm sorry, disappear, go off with your millions somewhere. Like that's not happening. Um, like legitimate change. And this is what's the reality of all of these underbellies that keep showing up is that it's work. It is hard. It is, it requires collective action. It requires vigilance, all of those things. And, and that's, that's something, you know, we, we've sort of struggled with as a society to maintain long enough to help systems change. Right. Right. So there's that. Can I throw out one last thing? Sorry, yes. I have too many thoughts on this. That's all right. Um, mm-hmm. I read this uh, recently, and it's a really great analogy for lots of things, um, or a way to think about it. When people are saying, I know a cop, and he's a good person, and so he's, you know, not all cops are bad. And the person said, you don't equate someone who you think is good with how they do their job. So you don't say, oh, Scott, you're a good person, and you're an artist, so you therefore a good artist. Or whatever, right? Yeah. Or you can say, Wendy, you seem like a good person. You must be a good therapist. It has nothing to do with how I do my job. Right. Um, and thinking about that in terms of sort, you have these creative, amazing minds that can produce this content that you love and is so creative. So they're good at their job, but does that make them a good person? Or right. does the good person make someone you're a good person? So you're a good cop, right? And so there's this interesting split of those things that I, I think we do this pile on very naturally of like good so therefore you're good yeah bill cosby's funny therefore he's a he's america's dad yeah. <laughs> right yeah. well good at his job was he good at you know just being his good? job yeah yeah just his job so yeah. i think it's hard for us to do some of these psychological some of the psychological work of of not shortcuts we do shortcuts very very well as a human that's what we do we we shortcut so we can move on and do other things. And so, you know, to be careful of our biases and to recognize sort of, I don't know where we're at is hard. It's hard work. Yeah. So everyone, it, it is. Take a nap. It is. Take a nap. And again, I, you know, firmly believe that the sunshine helps, you know, exposing stuff helps. And, um, I don't know. I don't know what else I can say on that issue. Glad except- your daughter, <laughs> aren't you glad your daughter's going to into an industry 
after this? Yeah. Yes. Is this supposed to be before this? And a lot of people. It is kind of like the McDonald's that just got busted for health violations. It's, it's probably one of the cleanest times to be at a McDonald's. Yeah. And you just, the, the hope is that McDonald's will now, you know, maintain better standards so that you don't, we're not trying to besmirch McDonald's. You guys are fine, but you know, it's a good example. It's a good example, but yes. I don't think we ever had to worry about them being a sponsor, by the way. Yeah. No, no, no. But part, part of me is I'm, part of me is a little excited about the idea that it will be her and her generation of graduates who, who can, who will see the the big change. They'll, they'll benefit from the systemic changes that are already being implemented by by company i mean what, what's happened here is the companies are can no longer just hide behind the fact that well that we're the company and we make the thing you want and whatever happens inside our doors isn't really going to affect you it, that's not true anymore like gamers sh- will shop with their wallet and if you are the kind of organization that cannot take care of your systemic problems they will not support you like yeah. They and that's why they're being more vocal and they're being more transparent and saying, "All right, here's what we're doing, and we've hired these people and these people, and we're going to do this and this and this." And they give you their plan. It's because now their bottom line is at risk. So I'm not trying to give too much credit to companies because really, what drives them is the money, and it always will. Um, but right now, it's driving in, the, in, a, in a better direction. So, so her and her ilk are probably going to get in there, and they'll be the beneficiary of those changes and also the change itself, and that's great. But it's still. You just get these feelings of like, gosh, dang it, you guys. Could we just have less pervs? Could you just stop walking mm-hmm. around with mm-hmm. your wieners out and knock it off? Like, just knock it off. <laughs> and, it, and you know, and it, just because you're popular and cool doesn't mean that girl down the, down the bar wants anything to do with you and your wiener. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, is there a way we could shift sort of uh, the education of our youth to, I mean, think about most kids will leave high school without any basic money management skills. Yeah, that's true. Like the thing they're going to have to do forever and we don't address it. <laughs> it's, weird. it's weird. It's crazy. And, and, and you think about human relations and mating rituals and consent and just like some of that stuff. And I get it. We're supposed to learn that in our homes, but what's going on, everybody? <laughs> Yeah. Right. If that's not happening at home, wh- there really needs to be an option somewhere where there is some education on how things work and, and what's OK and what's not OK. And and I get that's controversial in and of itself. I understand what I'm saying. But wow, if we wonder why everyone has so much debt and can't function, there's lots of there's lots of things we could do, but we don't. And that's that's hard. But you're I think the gender and this is why it's always like the next generation is like there's hope. Right. Because of the way their world isn't the same there. I heard this great thing somebody was saying about voting. And I think it was Michelle Obama that answered and just said, she's like, why should I vote? I'm 18 or I'm turning 18. Tell me why I should vote. I can't make any difference. And she goes, what if your grandma got to decide what posters you put on your wall? If your grandma got to decide what you wore and they were like, Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going to (laughs) vote. Right. (laughs) But I think I think that's what you're seeing too. Is you're seeing voting in a way, you know. Obviously, our systems are not built to handle actual voting in the United States because for so long, maybe twenty percent of people voted, thirty at max, right? Yeah. And suddenly, everyone cares and wants to vote, and we don't know how to handle that. Yeah, it's, a lot of the complaints about embarrassing in a democracy. Yeah, some of the complaints about the primary locations not having enough stations and or those stations being overwhelmed is that it's 
its yeah. capacity. Well, it's like it's like hospital capacity when there's a ton of COVID nineteen patients. It's like the same thing. You you can. It's like that question. I'd love this question when someone says, "How how is it possible McDonald's sells a billion burgers a year, but when I order that many in the drive up, they can't do it?" It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> you're doing it all at once, right? You can't. It's not spread out. And so if you're not if your voting system is not used to that level of turnout, we're gonna. I mean, you think it's weird now? Wait until November. It's gonna be. Mm-hmm gonna be it's I gonna know. get 2020 real is gonna be for the books you know yeah historic every year. way yeah we all thought it was the future like hey flying cars and you know i don't know uh, our computers will <laughs> clean our house for us while we're gone and some of those things are true we've gotten some really cool things technically technologically but let's speaking. think about this for a second if uh, so i can have a credit card and own property in my name and you're all like yo of course guess what 19 what 70 something i couldn't so who was there who was there at that moment who were the how did people think? What was the dynamic? What what was happening? Who you know? And now I benefit from that fifty years later, mm-hmm. and I don't even think about it. So Carter is one of those examples of she's entering the industry in the middle of its ERA or civil rights moment, right? Like she's entering the fray while it's changing, and changing from it is always painful. It's always difficult because guess what? Homeostasis is nature's way. Oh, let's go to the place where I'm the safest and the most comfortable. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's all of us having to fight uh, to to sort of progress rather than lament that it's not how it used to be back when I didn't have a clue and it was safe. That's what we all want. We all want it to be like when we were kids. Notice how everyone loves to talk about whatever decade they grew up in is the best decade ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's because we were seven. And yeah. we didn't know anything. <laughs> didn't have any. Right. We didn't have any obligations. We didn't have any yeah. worries. Yeah. Right. Seven to ten, man. That was the that the, those so good. What a time. Yeah. Now my seven to ten year old has can't see other people, so this is going yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He can't. He can't go out and and blow up ant hills with his friends. He has to do that at home. All right. Uh, well, I think we've we've uh, covered this topic pretty it. well. Sorry, you know, Whoops, blow up anthills over Zoom like I do. Yeah, why not? Zoom, Zoom yeah. your anthill blowing up. Sure. Yeah. Don't tell Carter I've ever done that. She'll kill me. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> the other day she I watched her scoop a bunch of ants out of the van's little uh, backyard pool thing we have for them. There was yeah. tons of ants in there, and she spent like a half an hour trying to save all the live ones and, and send them on their way. <laughs> She's so funny. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know what if karma's real. She's got some good stuff coming Jeez, her way. I hope. No kidding. At least from the ant people. Um. All right. As, uh, Wendy will uh, get a lot of feedback this week. I'm sure. Uh, some of that we may share next week. We'll see. But uh, always a pleasure having you on. Check out realsteps.org, everybody. If you want to find out what that program is, how you might be involved in it, and uh, one of my favorite parts about it is I get an email once in a while with like helpful stuff. So watch for that and do that. Anything else you want to mention? No, that. Do that and be nice to each other. Everyone go. Go be nice. We'll see you soon. Bye. All right. Brian. Okay. That was her. Now it's us. Uh, quick email oh. from Jeff. This is our buddy Jeff Sire in Ontario, can- uh, yes. Canada. Grafton is the town he's in. I will fully dox him eventually. Grafton. He says this. Hey, Scott and Brian. wanted to add to Brian's suggestion for Katie when uh, road tripping through Colorado. Or Kate, I guess not Katie. Pierre and I rode uh, this uh, that route a couple of times when riding out to Nerdtacular. If you continue east of Denver on 70, you can take a short stop for a walk on the Loveland Pass. It is spectacular. 
everything, or especially if you're like us and don't live anywhere near mountains. Uh, we were only there for maybe half an hour, but it's still a vivid memory in Jeff Sire. Yeah. So there you go. The only part of that that's not a vivid memory is the fact that it's west of Denver as opposed to east of Denver. Oh, oops. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you corrected it. I'm glad you did. Because they would have gotten yeah. lost, maybe. No, that's that's good to know. <laughs> no, but Brian and I, we both live in a place where we totally take these mountains for granted. Like, yeah, it is right. unbelievably beautiful I, where we live. I don't when I'm riding on them. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> when I'm riding my bike on them, I I totally know those. Uh, You're fully aware of their things. incline. <laughs> yeah, fully, yeah. fully aware, fully aware. But, but when uh, you uh, when you come out here and you and you've lived in I don't know Nebraska or something or somewhere with a lot of flatland, but nothing wrong with that. But like Kim in Mississippi is a lot of flat stuff mm -hmm. you come up here and you're like oh my gosh you live in a bowl of mountainous glory yeah like, it is it is great and boy you, when you go out to the mountains and enjoy the the vistas and the um the nature and just kind of getting away from all that stuff it really makes you appreciate um having a starbucks in every corner for <laughs> no, <I'm> sure <laughs> by the way yeah. um that actually is a really good so going out to level and pass a really good thing when you're heading out uh, when kate heads out to georgetown uh, to do the, the train, it's not too much further to go to continue on your way over to Loveland Pass. Um, nice. It's beautiful, uh, beautiful stuff out there. And I think it's before the Eisenhower Tunnel or right around the Eisenhower Tunnel. And um, Silverthorne is right there. And it's, it's maybe about half an hour, 45 minutes east of Silverthorne. That's a cool name, Silverthorne. I like Silverthorne. That. I like that And a lot. Lake Dillon. It's all Lake, cool. It's Lake, all good Lake Dillon. All right. Lake Dillon. Uh, all right. Well, good good news, everybody. That's the show. We're done. Uh, Patreon.com <laughs> slash TMS is how you support our show. If you want to be a part of our play date tomorrow, it's at 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. right here at frogpants.tv. Brian and I will be playing Jackbox games, and we're playing ones we've never played with you, yeah. the audience. So be there if you want to play or watch or participate in any way. That's 1 p.m. tomorrow right here on the Twitch channel. Uh, for everything else, frogpants.com slash TMS. Love your emails. Keep those coming. I'd love to read those on the show. As you saw, we did a bunch today. We'll be doing more of those as you guys keep those flowing in. All right, let's get out of here with a closing song. Sure. Uh, Dan wrote in, said, hello, TMS friends. I can see from your website that you're still making shows. This pleases me as I'm currently about a month behind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. We just stopped in June. I yeah. don't know. That's a weird... I yeah, love it. Gotta catch them all. Uh, that's right. Uh, it seems impossible that nobody's requested this song yet. Despite being released in 2007, it perfectly describes 2020. I cried when I heard it. Maybe everything has just been awful forever. Hey, has anyone taken Wendy up on that email regarding not believing in free will? I've been driving my therapist nuts with that one. Uh, anyway. <laughs> we should do. We should talk about that. That's a fun yeah. topic. It's very, we'll get real philosophical all, all up in here, so. Uh, not, and this won't spoil anything. Make sure you watch devs before we have that conversation. I'm watching it this week. It's on my next thing to see list. Oh, so you're going to love it. That, totally and I gotta, I gotta watch the first episode of the, um, the new HBO, uh, uh, remake or not remake, but re-envisioning of that. Oh, well, yeah, my brain doesn't think of names today. Uh, but, did, uh, who's the lawyer from back in the day? William Burr played the lawyer. Perry Raymond Mason. Burr, Perry, Perry Mason. Mason. Yeah, the new Perry Mason HBO show looks like so my jam. So I'm going to watch that first episode, and then I'm going to watch it. William Burr. Yes. <laughs> Raymond Burr. Is Raymond the, Burr, not William Burr. Who's William Burr? Uh, nobody. Okay. Nobody that matters. Yeah. Forget I said yeah, the brother. The brother of the guy who shot Hamilton. Oh, right. I Aaron, might be thinking. Aaron Burr is, yeah. 
thinking it's maybe it's somebody's famous. All right, it doesn't matter. Continue oh, on. Bill sorry, Bill Burr. Bill, there's a comedian, Bill Burr. Oh, right. Bill Burr. Okay. Yeah, I like Bill Burr, but might no one calls William. him William. Yeah, might be go, might go by William. Yeah, yeah. Hey, remember when we had that request and I was reading it? Yeah, it was uh, good. Anyway, it was thank good. you for making things less awful with the things that you do. <laughs> Love the show, bros. Signed Dan. So um, I'm glad he found this cover because I never would have found it. I would not have thought of this song as being one that was popular enough to cover, but I'm glad he did because it's a really good cover. Windowsill, originally done by Arcade Fire, covered here by the Seattle Rock Orchestra. This is a beautiful song. This was recorded live on KEXP out in Seattle. Here is the Seattle Rock Orchestra. I don't want to hear the noises on TV. I don't want the salesman coming after me. I don't want to live in my father's house no more.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. I wouldn't bother you, but, well, I'm dying. Jeez.